This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Dylan Smokestack, having fun with the world gone crazy. Update is brought to you by Fair and Fair. First thing, our responsibility here is to keep you informed on the weather impact day, according to Fox 35. It's, um, you would think that we got snowed in and that there's ice everywhere and that people can't get out of their houses. Well, it's only because I have all my plants inside. The reporter on Fox 35 is actually wearing a ski parka. The kind you wear when you go skiing? Fur-lined. Oh, yeah, the fuzzy Fur-lined. stuff? Fur-lined. Yeah, yeah. Let's nice. go to let's go to Jamie King, see what he's up to. Welcome to Fox 35. I'm Jamie King. It's a frost alert. It's frost alert. The Doppler radar is frozen. Maybe if I hit the screen on the computer. That's not working. There's ice everywhere. We're going to die. Make sure to go in your closet and get your ski parka. Hell, make sure you get two ski parkas. It's almost 40 degrees. <laughs> and now the Fox 35 microphones go down in the streets in Orlando to see what panic is happening. We came down from Fargo, North Dakota, don't you know? And we expected to wear shorts and T-shirts. And wouldn't you know it, I'm wearing shorts and t-shirts. In fact, I'm a little warm, you betcha. Yeah, I done came out to water the plants and they was all frozen. My nipples froze off. I had to go right to the hospital for frostbite. Still a little sensitive. Get your snow shovels ready. As a matter of fact, in a few minutes, we're giving away Fox 35 snow shovels with my face on it, JK. And tonight, tonight, it's going to be even colder. The frosty, icy tundra of Orlando. We're all going to die. It's a weather impact day. Now here's Doppler traffic with Screech. Yeah. It's, it's in a weather impact day. <laughs> it's a little nippy out there. That's what I said. All right, here we go. Elon Musk shows up in Israel all of a sudden, and he's talking to Benjamin Netanyahu, and it's sad because uh, before he went out to take the walk, he saw the 47-minute film, which I be- believe all politicians are watching. I can't watch it. It's the uh, film of the Hamas attack uh, that was put together by, I think it was Gal Gadot involved in that. Somebody in Hollywood was involved yeah. in putting this film together. Because I thought they they showed it to a bunch of actors and people that are big on social media first, didn't they? And then they showed it to Congress, and a lot of people refused to see it. Some were shaken up pretty bad. Uh, but uh, he saw the film, and he said it was troubling. Then he went out and took a walk with Netanyahu in the area where the attack happened October 7th, and this is what he had to say. Again, I had to edit Mr. Musk because very intelligent man, but I think his circuits cross, and okay. he pauses for long minutes, so it is edited. It was uh, certainly been... Um a day, I would say an emotionally difficult day uh, to see the places where people were murdered um, and to also watch the video uh, where uh, the murderers are rejoicing. Exactly, uh, that's in the, the worst part in the movie. 
Yes. I was shocked by it. Um, celebrating the Celebrating bodies. the murder of yeah. innocent people is um, extremely disturbing. Yep. Essentially, these, these, these people have been fed propaganda since they were children. Exactly. Um, and it's remarkable what humans are capable of if they're fed falsehoods. Yeah, this is something that you got to pay attention to because that's what's happening here and has been happening for the last 25 mm-hmm. to 30 years. We're being fed lies and propaganda by the mainstream media. People eat it up. They think it's real. And then, of course, universities, you know, uh, propagate that whole falsehood. And now you got kids uh, rooting on terrorists. It's all by design. These people, I hate to say this because it kills me because I love, I, I love this country, but these terrorists, especially Hamas right now, smarter than most American congressmen. They're smart. They, they know how to manipulate. Uh, these people are not stupid and they're using us and people are eating it up and that's what Musk is talking about. Since they're little children, they're propagandized just like our kids. Yeah, everybody goes, why are you upset about the thing with the trans thing? It's ridiculous. No, everything is for one goal and one goal only. Controlling them from the minute they can comprehend stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's talking about and that's why we have terrorists. From when they are children, they will think that the murder of innocent people is a good thing. That is how much propaganda can affect people's minds. Absolutely. Yeah. He's 100% correct. I mean, I mean, there's no choice but to kill those who insist on uh, murdering civilians. There's exactly. no choice. Yeah, there's no choice. And here, he got, he got crap for that. He got crap for saying that. When are we going to grow up? This is not the real world we live in. It is not the real world. The real world is what you're seeing going on with Hamas, chopping kids' heads off, raping women. Uh, it, it, it's the reality of the world. And if we don't start dealing with it on their terms, we're all dead. I mean, that sounds ridiculous and hyperbolic, but it's true. And do you think that they know that there's people here in this country that are malleable, for lack of a better yeah. word, to, to do and think the way they want them to think. I mean, look at it. you got people over here now. It's the same people, usually the white people that are, you know, screaming on, you know, that they're offended on behalf of minorities now are the same people that are screaming in favor of Hamas and calling for a complete extermination of Jewish people, which is strange. Yeah, that's what that's what's going on now. They they're they're smarter than we are when it comes to uh, psychological warfare. That's what they're using. They're not using weapons against us. I told you that about China. That's why it's so dangerous. The alliance between China and Iran. Iran's the the country that funds all the terrorism. Hamas, Hezbollah, all these people that we're talking about now, and they understand patience and they understand psychological manipulation of people. And it doesn't take as much as you'd think nowadays because no. social media has shortened everybody's attention span to like fifteen seconds. So if I can just get my point across in 30 or less, next thing you know, you're just buying whatever I tell you. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I am patting myself on the back because I'm not that smart. And if I can figure it out, if an (laughs) idiot like me can figure it out, we're really in trouble when the people in charge of our country can't figure out what's going on here. Mm -hmm. I said it three days ago. This ceasefire is the worst thing we could have possibly done right now. Bad idea. Real bad idea. It's going to get more people killed than the hostages we're saving. And that's cold to say because you love seeing the hostages free, but it's not about the hostages. They're weapons. Yeah, what do you mean they're weapons? They're, they're safe now with their families. No, they're weapons. They're going to get other people killed. This whole, this whole pause is about that. Here's an article out of the Wall Street Journal I thought summarized this thing really well. The civilized world is rejoicing at the release of hostages by Hamas especially the sight of young children reunited with their parents after seven weeks of hell. 
But that relief shouldn't blind us to the way jihadists are manipulating human sentiment to achieve their terrorist aims. How many movies, superhero movies, cartoon, what are those, like Marvel comics? Mm -hmm. Didn't we just talk about this the other day? Mm -hmm. The evil person always says, your biggest weakness is the love of your family. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at uh, Star Dude, Wars. It's all over the place. It's in a car freaking cartoon. Now Hamas is using the hostages to play on Western respect for human life. Bingo. Because they know we care and they don't. That's not yep. a bad thing. It isn't. It's a great thing that we care, that we actually value life. But the problem is they don't. And they use our sentiment against us. Well, we've already screwed up because we've negotiated with terrorists, which I thought we weren't supposed to do. No. Hamas knows its strategy is dividing Israel and the United States, and that's on purpose. Hamas is also manipulating the entire world, including the Biden administration. President Biden said Sunday he hopes the initial four-day military truce can be extended so more hostages will be released. That includes the unknown number of Americans held who knows where and what condition underground. Hamas released the first U.S. hostages last Sunday. Four-year-old named uh, Abigail Eden, I'm sure you read about her, whose parents were murdered in front of her. She was forced, while she was in captivity, to watch videos of the massacre at the music festival and her parents being killed. She was mistreated, wasn't fed, was in solitary confinement in a tunnel in Gaza. Dude. No, it's horrible, but they want to publicize that. They want you to feel pain when you hear this story. So you'll say, yeah, we need a humanitarian ceasefire. This is what's... This, I'm telling you right now, the Wall Street Journal confirms it here. It's common sense. We've lost our common sense in this country. We have no idea what those people are like. They, they don't value life at all. They use their own people that they, they promise to protect... To get elected, I'm talking about Hamas. They promised to protect the Palestinians, and they're using them as weapons. Mm -hmm. And we're just dumb. And bulletproof vests. When you hide all your weapons under a hospital, right? Like you're hiding behind the people that you know we don't want to kill, but you don't care. And you know, Elon Musk was right when he was talking because he said. A lot of these people in Hamas, a lot of these people in these terrorist organizations are brought up from a young age yeah. to think that what they're doing is the right thing. Yeah. And when you don't know any better and you're never taught any better and that's all you know. You're programmed that yeah. way from such a young age. That that's, that's your focus. That's your purpose in life. We have military members and you got to feel for them. And you know why they have PTSD. Remember the movie Sniper where the first scene where he has oh. to shoot a seven-year-old who has a, a explosive vest strapped to him? I mean, there's there's real incidents. Mm -hmm. You hear about them all the time of actual military. We, I think we played one on the air. The guy was so effed up because he right. had to shoot children. I can on, imagine. On orders of his upper command. And, you know, when you hear that story, you're like, yeah, that's terrible. But when you really realize what's going on out there, at some point, you have to make hard decisions to protect you know, it's, you got to protect the millions that are depending on you as opposed to one child. That's an awful thing to say. I feel terrible saying it. But that's what they play on. That's their major weapon. Mm -hmm. It's not a rocket. It's not a rocket. Then we have idiots in this country, in government, like the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. We have an attorney up there, Shakiba Murad. She's an appellate attorney for the Office of General Counsel of the Department of Veterans Affairs. She posted a video in which she takes sarcastic tones and says, We just want our hostages back. Here she is. We here. just want our hostages back. Give us our 200 hostages. 
Now, what's the context of this? I mean, she's mocking the Israeli people. Oh, I thought she was being, she's, she's making fun. Yeah, she's uh, taken the video down, but it was picked up and shared on social media platform X, formerly known as Twitter, by Canary Mission, which, according to its profile, exposes hatred and anti-Semitism on college campuses. The Department of Veterans Affairs released a statement about the matter on Tuesday. It said, we are aware of the incident and are investigating the matter. Why isn't she fired? What is there to investigate? It's her on a video mocking Israel. Mm-hmm. You need to sit down and have a conversation about this? Well, HR makes us fill out the form. You know, then, quote, this is unacceptable. Well, then do something. We don't do anything. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Moving on. Oh, this is a shocker. You ready for this? I'm ready. Uh-oh. A BLM leader has endorsed Trump. Oh, well. Has hell frozen? Oh, hold on. Let me check. Check, will you? Black Lives Matter. He's a leader in Rhode Island through his support behind former President Trump for the 2024 race. His name is Mark Fisher. He's the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. Uh, he joined Fox News to discuss why some black voters are leaving the Democrats. As a matter of fact, it's not some. Support for Trump in 2020 was 8%. Now, polling shows support for Trump is almost a quarter, uh, 25%. Here's Mark Fisher. All the brothers, for some reason right now, are turning tides right now. And I I just wonder, what is the big reason? I think personally, it's the duplicity of the Democrats, Mm. the hypocrisy. Um, We're not stupid. The brothers are not stupid. We we understand when someone's for us and when someone is not. And it's obvious that the Democratic Party is not for us. Their policies actually strike at the heart of the black family and the nuclear family. Yeah, so, you know, you were part of Black Lives Matter. Uh, you founded it there. And now you're saying, you're, you're not saying the entire Republican Party. You're saying Donald Trump. So what is it about Donald Trump? Is it the economics? Uh, you noted the black family. What is it going to take for him to sure up this support amongst uh, black voters? Well, I just, I just think that it's going to take information. A lot of people are misinformed. They don't really understand because they don't educate themselves on, on Donald Trump as a person and his history. Um, but if they do that, and it's going to take, you know, leaders, educated leaders, getting the word out there. Um, I think that it, it'll happen on its own and it'll be organic because um, personally, I love the man. I mean, how could you not like if, if a real man? How could you not relate to someone like that? Yeah. The thing about it is I'm, my message that I preach and, and, and that I tout is unity. It's a message of unity. It's unity driven. I want to bring together all the marginalized groups from the, the margins and bring them to the center because we're stronger together as a, as a one nation under, uh, indivisible under God. Guess what? I Trump black version. Thank you, Mark Fisher. Um, it's it's amazing because if you really look at it, and you, and you know, there's some people that you just mentioned the name Trump and they're gone. They're not listening. Oh no, they won't. Yeah. They run for you know their lives because they've been so brainwashed by mainstream media that there's no hope for them. And you can't save the unsavable. So, uh, but those of you who are on teetering on the fence, you got to look up what Trump has done for the black voters, for black people in this country when he was president. He did some amazing stuff, and he didn't go out there and like Biden would and talk about it and how look how great I am. And he does a lot of that, that that egotistical maniac kind of stuff. But he doesn't yeah. do it in the parts that 
that it really matters, and maybe he should, mm. because he did more for black universities than any president before him, including Obama. Seriously, and that's true, and you can look it up. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to find, too, because if you look in Google, they, they kind of block all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's way up. And with Latino voters, he's up even more. I don't, I, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he was 18% of Latinos voted for Trump in 2020. Now it's up to 35%. So, uh, you know, hey, look, we could have a calmer, just as, um, you know, uh, forceful choice, like DeSantis or something like that. But we, we get, um, we relate to the guy. Because he's not a politician. Mm-hmm. The problem with DeSantis, yeah, there's a lack of personality, but there's also that little bit of politician edge. Trump doesn't yeah. have that. Trump yeah. says whatever he's he thinks. He's just raw, yeah. Yeah. And people like that. I like that. Yeah, because, I mean, ever, you're so used to the pandering politician thing. I'm going to be about this. Blah, 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 blah. Like, you don't even have to say words. As long as you get the tone right and the intonation and rhythm down, I could, too, be a politician. It's like that's all I do. <laughs> Where's my speech? Remember? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh. Uh, what was his name? Uh, mouthful of farts. Mouthful of farts. Mouthful of farts. <laughs> I was running for office. I don't know. We'll play it a little later if you can't find it. Um, you ready? Move on or? Uh, yeah, you can. Okay. A little levity now. Okay. California woman was busted. Uh, I guess she lost her license plate, so she made her own with Sharpie. Okay. <laughs> But didn't just do it. You know, let's say you lose your license plate and you think it's okay to put the license plate number down and just put it on there and go temporary or something. You know, maybe an attempt at being legal. Right. No, it wasn't that. She actually tried to artistically recreate a California license plate. Nice. Yes. Traced over a California license plate, put a fictitious number on there, was pulled over by the cops. Her name is Angel Ration Bolton, 38. Rested early Friday morning in Benicia, California for brazenly handwriting license plate numbers with a thick black marker on what appears to be printed printer paper. Yeah. Then taped it to the back of her silver Kia. That'll get you five years. <laughs> so, um... Here's what makes it even better. She was pulled over at 1 a.m. Oh. She had the fake plate that she had written. She drunk? Then, then, no, no, no. Then they checked her registration. Uh-oh. Um, she made up a registration. No, she didn't. Oh, yeah. She what? T- yeah, she used a computer, and she took a white piece of paper and made registration. <laughs> put her name down and everything. It was uh, a New Times Roman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No VIN number, no nothing. Okay, the effort that was put into this you got to admit, she's trying, right? Yeah. You think you would get the date right. Oh, On no. the registration, the fake one she made, you got the wah, 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 wah. The date she put down would make that registration expired. Dumbass. She put in January 2023. <laughs> oh. By the way, the car was stolen. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. All right. The Christmas tree at the White House. Oh. Yeah. Hi, this is Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, The national Christmas tree near the White House got knocked over last night. Now, did it get knocked over or did it fall over? Because I heard a couple different things. What happened? Uh, Strong winds uh, came up. You know, we're having a snow blizzard conditions in most part of the country right now. Uh, Yeah, it ripped through the uh, White House. The National Park Service has said it toppled the 40-foot tree. I heard Chris Christie was there at the lighting and he farted and the whole thing just (laughs) fell over. Hi, this is Joe Biden. Portions of the Rick Stacey Show are brought to you by Joe Biden's Christmas trees. Yes, folks, we prop them up and then they fall right down. 
just like your president. Me, yeah. Joe Biden. Yeah. Get him at the White House. And Joe Biden unveiled this year's White House Christmas decorations. Remember when Melania did that? Oh, well, yeah. And Melania's were like, what, all red? Yeah, it was gorgeous, though. Yeah, it was really pretty. Really? So, uh, Winter Wonderland has arrived at the White House as First Lady Jill Biden unveiled this year's decorative theme. I didn't see it. What does it look like? It's called MAGA Hate. No, no it's, it's the theme is Magic Wonder and Joy. Okay. Inspired by children's experiences of the season completely present in the beauty and bounty around them. Their senses uh, of blah, 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 the blah, blah, and the beauty of the blah. <laughs> oh, knock it off. Yeah, it's just a lot of that. Magic crap. and wonder and joy and fantasy and <laughs> dreams and special stuff. Yeah. First Lady Jill Biden spent a fortune in taxpayer money to decorate the White House for the holidays. Now, it's time to put an end to the Biden's wasteful government spending. Elect Nikki Haley, and she'll put her husband Michael in charge of decorating. And like most men, he'll do the entire job for just the cost of an artificial tree, an inflatable Grinch lawn decoration, and a 12-pack of beer. The future is President Nikki Haley and First Gentleman Michael Haley. And I ain't taking them down till March. The Sunny Update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So, we have spoken on... Quite a few times, actually. The damage that the pandemic did to children, whether it be from being homeschooled or having to go to school with masks on or being behind with learning. Um, And, you know, Rick, I know you've talked about the fear that some children felt, probably because their parents put it there as well, depending on how you were raised and what kind of household you grew up in. And it's, it's, it's had effects on how people have grown up and it's actually impacting kids today with the way they act now that we're out of this pandemic. Um, Some things are lingering. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Almost a third of Gen Zers are so scared of germs that they wash their hands 20 times a day. Are you kidding me? No. No, she's not kidding. 20 a day? Think about this. You got neurotic parents that are uh, government drones. You know what I mean? They're the people who will do anything the government tells them. Who locked down, who masked up when they went to the bathroom, got in their car with a mask on, told their kids, don't touch anything. And then doing the, 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 what's that stuff called, that 
alcohol. The sanitizer. The sanitizer like every yeah. time they moved. And those kids, let's say they were between the ages of five and eight because it was three years of this. Mm-hmm. They're traumatized. I know. You know what they said? This new this new uh, disease or whatever it's called. A new, Isn't there like a new... The a respiratory new... infection. Mm-hmm. The reason kids are getting such severe versions of this respiratory because infection... Because their immune system's so down? Right. Because of wearing being the mask and down. being at home. Being locked yeah, down. I told you a million times. When I went to the doctor, when COVID first started, and I went to the doctor, I think I was going for my physical, and her first words out of her mouth were, tell me you're getting outside and you're getting some exercise, you're getting some sunshine. This is when everything was shut down. I said, yeah, I, I go out on the balcony, I go for walks, I get fresh air. She goes, okay, good, because so many parents come in here and they're like, we're not leaving the house, we're staying at home, we're not going anywhere. And she said, oh gosh, please don't. You have to get outside, you have to exercise, you have to get fresh air. I'm not saying go to a party, but you can't stay locked up in your dark apartment and expect that to be good for your health either. Yeah, you, you know? got to play with a turd a day to keep the doctor away. That's right, he's right. Yeah. Turd a day. And she said, I have so many people that come in here, and this is after the fact now, too, that their immune system's just dead. So as soon as they went back to school, or as soon as everything opened back up, they were so ill. They became sick immediately. Yeah, that's what's happening right now. Your resistance is down. And the funny thing is, in China, it's more acute, because in China, they really... Remember that? Well, China, they've already uh, reinstated masks, and they reinstated social distancing due to the flu outbreak. Nobody's learned anything. No. So you got your kids have got to get bacteria in their system to learn how to fight it down the road. And now here in the U.S., we have problems with the respiratory infection. Yeah, this was a thousand college students, thousand college-aged Gen Zers, I should say, and they said, yeah, they wash their hands up to twenty times a day, which is roughly it's, it's almost once an hour. Um, they said they're hyper-conscious of germs. Um, let's see, they change their bed linens once a week, which that's fine. Um, and three out of ten college students say they've reported a roommate or a resident about their cleanliness issues. So we used to drink out of a garden hose. Uh, yeah. We did drink out of a garden well, I hose. I still do. It was on the side of an apartment building and had no gun on it, so the little rim would get rusted. Mm-hmm. So you got your tetanus there. Hundred percent. And you were fine. And you played in dirt. And then when you came in the house, my mother never said, "Go wash your hands before dinner." No, straight beeline to the table, grab whatever it is, fork, hands. We would run, my house in New Jersey, when we lived there, had this big hill in the front of it. And when people would rake the leaves, it just so happened that in front of my house, it was like as tall as the house, a big pile of leaves. So we would roll down the hill into the big pile of leaves. Right. You know, nowadays everyone's like, oh, there's bugs and there's ticks and there's germs. We don't care. Don't go into that pile of leaves. I remember burying myself as much as I could under the leaves. The only one you couldn't do, you couldn't get into the pile of leaves in the street because then a car couldn't see you and they could... Right over you, but oh, we, had, we didn't care about that if either. They were on the sidewalk, we could, but it was so much fun. Yeah, we did stupid stuff, man. Pile of leaves was next to the garage. One story garage. We used to get on the roof of the garage and dive onto the pile of leaves. Really? And then laugh our asses off. Kids um, don't do anything today. Well, no. I don't think their parents really let them. No. So I don't know if you heard about Rick and I just both went on a cruise, um, and you're going on another one next mm-hmm. year. So am I. The world's biggest cruise ship has just joined the Royal Caribbean fleet. I've never been on Royal Caribbean. Have you? No. Okay. I've always wanted to. That's one of the ones I've not been on. Um, It's called the Icon of the Seas. It's measuring almost 1,200 feet, and it weighs in at, I think it's 250,000 tons. It's like a skyscraper tipped over in the water. It's huge. Took them 900 days to build at the Meyer Turku Shipyard in Finland. It's a 20-deck vessel. Um, that can accommodate 7,600 guests and 23 
2,350 crew members. I think the one I went on was 17 decks, and the crew was like 1,500, and that ship was enormous. Enormous. This one has a mall inside. Like, not a mall shopping. I'm talking like it has little grass knolls. Oh, you ready for this? It's like a park. It's like a park. Oh, no, it's it's a whole neighborhood, which I, yeah. you, you might be saying, well, a lot of them are like that. Because when you went on your cruise ship, we were on similar. We both went on MSC, but there were different ships. But how many bars would you think were on the cruise ship? Uh, 10. Yeah, like 10-ish. Yeah. This you mean one, one every 10 feet. It really is. This one has 40 bars oh. and dining options, various attractions, including the world's largest water park at sea. And the first suspended infinity pool at sea. It's eco-friendly, wow. and it's the first Royal Caribbean ship powered by liquefied natural gas and includes a waste-to-energy plant on the ship. Well, well so did ours. Ours had that uh, crap to energy plant. Did it really? Yep. It uh, will begin... This water tastes like... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to leave from Miami, so it's not going to leave from Port Canaveral if you're looking. That one is the... Um, what one is that one? That one is... I think it's too big for Port Canaveral right now. That's why they're rebuilding the place. The, the, the <laughs> one, that's the uh, allure of the seas is the Royal Caribbean at Port Canaveral. This one's going to leave out of Miami in this January 2024. Well, as God. long as it's eco-friendly, that's we, all that matters. Yeah, right? We have to get on that thing. Oh, gosh. Well, I don't know if you heard about what happened with this one here in Port Canaveral. No. So a teenager died this past Saturday, fell from the Royal Caribbean ship's balcony. Oh. Um, he was 16 years old. He fell from a balcony onto another deck. So... If you've ever seen the Allure of the Seas, if you've ever gone to Space Coast or you drive out to Cocoa and you pass where the port is, you can see it. It's the, it's the biggest ship that's right there other than the Norwegian one. And you'll notice uh, sometimes the ships, it used to, the cruise ships that I used to go on and when I went on Carnival, they're all like, you know, they're pointy at the front and there's rooms at the front and there's rooms on the side and rooms on the back. Well, now it's like the front area is like an entertainment area, whether it's mm-hmm. got a pool or something. And so you, it's pushed a little bit back, and it's kind of like flat where the rooms are. Well, I guess he fell off his balcony, not into the water, but onto the bottom deck. Right. Oh. So it's like jumping out of a building almost. And what was the reason for the fall? I mean, what happened? Um, it doesn't really say what happened. Um, they have they have a picture of his balcony. Now, they didn't go up very high. And you notice on cruise ships, they probably... Mine maybe went up to my boobs. I mean, I'm not very tall, but it's like maybe the, oh, went up fi- to my... The, oh, God. You know, when you go out on your balcony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you try, you could lean over it and fall. So, I don't know what he was doing. They didn't give any details as far as if he, there was horseplay or if somebody pushed him or if he was... I'm assuming he wasn't drunk. He was 16 and says he was with his family, but I have no idea. Hmm. Family Feud. This is one of my guilty pleasures, especially now that Steve Harvey hosts, because I think he's hysterical. But do you remember, who was the original host of Family Feud? Richard oh. Dawson? Yep. Okay. So Richard Dawson was the host from 1976 to 1985. I didn't know this. Back in the day, um, remember he used to always kiss all the contestants on yeah. the lips? Yeah. And he would go, and, I mean, Steve, you can't do that today, because they'll be like, oh, yeah, kiss him without consent. And But Richard Dawson would go up to the women and kiss them on the lips. Sexual harassment. Right? So, and sometimes he would kiss some of the male contestants on the lips. Bob Barker used to do that too, didn't he? No. I, I, no. Give, me, um, give me a kiss. Well, I'll, I'll get into Bob Barker in a second. So, Richard Dawson, because of this, I didn't know this, back in the day, if you wanted to be a contestant on The Family Feud, you had to be screened for herpes before going on the show. <laughs> oh, Because he was no going to kiss you. Yeah. Oh, man. Isn't wow. The new herpes free family feud. Wow. So obviously people started complaining about the promiscuous kissing on the show. And oh so God, who's complaining? The ones that weren't getting kissed, that's the ones who's complaining. It used to be family feud, now it's legal feud. So I have a friend 
Can we get into Bob Barker for a second? Sure. That used to work on the prices right back in the day. Um, and she said, she was a personal assistant, and she said that the girls, I don't know if you remember, didn't they have a whole show on it where they filed lawsuits against Bob Barker talking about sexual harassment? And and I'm not trying to say I like Bob right, Barker. Right, I thought right. he did a lot for animals and he did a lot for people. I, mean, I really did. And this is before I knew anything about him. Right. And they were talking about, um, there was some kind of, I, I'm going to get it wrong because I, I can't remember all the details. Thank you for all the game show music, by the way. It's helping tremendously. Um, I don't want to say it was a, a red couch kind of situation, but there was something that had to happen for you to be the lead girl. Do you remember the blonde that I, I her Did, face is engraved in my brain. The main girl when when um, Barb Barker was there and she was the blonde and she was yeah. always in the she center. She was spayed and neutered, by the way. <laughs> I think they all were. And so there was some kind of harassment thing that went on. I don't. I'm not trying to say yeah. it was uh, 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 who's the guy from Fox News, Ailes. Oh, Roger uh, Ailes. Yeah. Roger Ailes. Yeah. I'm not saying it was that deep. But there was some kind of situation that was going on with him and the girls. <laughs> she said, deep. Stop it. And don't forget to spade and to your dogs and your girlfriends. <laughs> and now Drew carries the host, which is weird because he has hair now. I Have can't you seen watch that? it. I can't watch it with him. <laughs> From the beginning, it was really creepy. They made him look like Bob Barker. Well, I like oh, yeah. I like Drew Carey, but I liked Drew Carey from the Drew Carey Show. And right. I'm, look, if you want to better yourself, go for it. He's lost weight, and he's got hair, and he just looks totally different. I can't really relate to him anymore. Not that I'm bald and fat, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. He's just a different Drew Carey than I once identified right. with. Um, and Bob Barker's got a lot of mass appeal. There's no way that you could have been as bad at hockey as you are at golf. All right, let's go. You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. (laughs) The other thing that made me laugh, did you guys, did your eye automatically go to the really weird skinny microphone? Yes. Yes. Yep. It's, is that, was Was that that like a 70s trend or was that just him? That was Bob Barker, I think. I didn't see that anywhere else. I have to look up and see if Drew Carey still uses the skinny mic. I think he did for a while in the beginning. I'm, I'm telling you, they try to recreate Bob Barker. That yeah. is, um, I will say though, that's a bucket list thing for me or was. I've always wanted to be on The Price is Right because I want to spin that wheel at the end. Do you think they thought that if they made him look like Bob Barker, really, really old people that watch The Price is Right wouldn't notice that he's dead? Huh? I don't know. What's the show that came on after that that Wayne Brady hosted where everyone has to dress up in a Halloween costume? Oh, I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about, Smell? Oh, um, that's, let's, uh, let's, let's make a make deal. A deal? Yeah, that's the one he hosts. But, but did he wear a costume on the time? All the people in the audience did. Yeah, yeah, remember? that was pretty funny, though. They're yeah, all, yeah, they bumblebees. The lady and, would stand up and she was like a banana. Yeah. And you're trying to take her seriously and she's trying to play games. She's yeah, yeah, like let's banana. make a deal, yeah. That was a good one, too. So the holidays are, let's see, what's today? Very end of November. We got less than a month until Christmas. 12 Ooh. shows left. Oh, man, I better get some money. <laughs> Rick's not counting at all. And if you're in a relationship... This used to happen to me in high school. They, guys, I think, were, were trained this way. If, yeah. they, if they're not serious about you, break up with them before the holiday because then you don't have to buy them a Christmas present, right? Yeah, save yourself some money. Mm-hmm. But now the new trend is if you don't want to break up with somebody or you don't have the guts, because a lot of people, they do it over text or they just ghost you. Nobody has any cojones anymore to actually have a conversation and break up with you face-to-face. 
they're saying now the new trend is to buy them an insulting or bad Christmas present. Oh. And that does the trick for you. You want to get out of your relationship but too cowardly to call it off yourself? Then let Breakup Christmas Gifts do it for you. Here, honey. This year, I got you a gym membership, Uh, some compression pants, and a thigh master. We are through. Yes. At Breakup Christmas Gifts, our just wrong gifts will send your soul-sucking partner packing. I bought you a giant portrait of me and my mother. What? And the entire Sex and the City collection we can watch together from beginning to end. Who do you even think I am? I am so out of here. Yes! Break up Christmas gifts. Because it's Christmas, you're a coward, and we can make money off that. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Are you the stupidest person alive? Stupid news with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. All right, here we go. So um, North Miami Beach we go to for Zipporah Abraham. She was in Walmart stealing a bunch of stuff, mostly jewelry, putting it on her wrist. She was walking out the store, and the store officer spotted her, called the police. Police, hey. police came. They detained her. They took the jewelry off her uh, wrist. Loss prevention officer took the jewelry back where it was supposed to go. She was booked. But then as she's leaving the store, the cops notice she's eating something. What is it? Uh-oh. She was eating the counterfeit $200 worth of bills she had in her mouth. What? Oh. <laughs> she's tried this before. Spending counterfeit money at Walmart. And then eating it? She was eating it. Yeah, now, can you imagine? See, these people don't get paid enough. You're the, you're the cop, and you have to take that evidence out of her mouth. Yeah, yeah right. Ugh. Salt-covered slobber and... God. Smells like bad breath. All right. This is something we need to try at the diner. We desperately need cooks, but you can't find anybody because nobody wants to work. Yeah, what's up with that? You're still having trouble, huh? Oh, yeah. No, you can't. Nobody wants to work. They all come in for the interview. They do the happy dance, and I'll be here on Tuesday, and they never show up. Is that because they need to get the interview under their belt to get the unemployment? I suppose, and I can't imagine somebody still unemployed from COVID still collecting money. Yeah, how? I don't know. Something's, something's, what's that song? Something nefarious is going on here. Uh, anyway, Bar in Tennessee is looking outside their regular hires when it comes to attracting new staff. They won't be in business after Christmas if they cannot find a staff. No, what business is it? The Wilderboro Hotel. Okay. I've it's been it. it's been a very lousy year with applicants. Same thing I just told you. They they come in, they interview, they don't show up, they show up for a day, blah, blah, blah. So they decided they're gonna just list this as it is. We are desperate for staff, says the want ad. Police record? Who cares? Drug habit? Join the club. Alcoholic? Don't get me started. Join the club. If I can't find anybody before Christmas, I won't have a business after Christmas. No. Before the post got deleted, it was shared 1,500 times. The Christmas miracle is the hotel says now we're going to be able to stay in business till after Christmas. We just have a lot of felons on staff now. Two more weeks. Yeah. And, you know, some people, and what kills me is some people that don't own businesses, that aren't going through anything, that are sitting at home in their computer doing their act, activist war dance on their mm-hmm. keyboard, you know, are like, You're, that's terrible, you would do that, how horrible. Yeah? How about you own a business and you go through this, pal? Yeah. Shut up. Well, you know what you're finding, too, which stinks, is people are having to, so to speak, take what they can get. Yeah. And so yeah. you're getting less quality of a worker. Oh, yeah. And then you go places and either the customer service or the service is way down. Oh, terrible stuff. A group of would-be, even the carjackers are not as good as they used to be. Oh, no. They got their their second stringers trying to rob people. Now, this is a typical story. We have at least one of these every month. These carjackers, uh, where were they? I don't care. Oh, in Bethesda, Maryland. They saw a nice-looking new Porsche outside a hotel. So they put a gun to the guy's head 
pistol whipped him. <gasps> took his car, got in it. They couldn't drive it. It was stick. Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. So the guy's going to be okay. He's recovering from his injuries. But uh, they immediately went for another car and got that one. But the police caught up with them. Well, only 18% of Americans can drive stick anymore. Really? Yeah. I learned to drive a car on a stick, and it was yeah. a hard stick. It wasn't even like a new car, so it was nice and smooth. Mm. It was like an old Mustang, so I was like... Yeah. It was like so hard. Chevy Cavalier Coupe with the door <laughs> rusted shut. <laughs> the five-speed. It's so much fun to have a stick and drive with it unless you have the burger in your hand. Yeah, no, I've, you know how many sandwiches I've just smooshed into the shifter? Right. Oh, <laughs> crap. Yeah, you go for the shifter and you smoosh your sandwich. Oh, I'm cleaning peanut butter out of the dash. It's... <laughs> okay, this guy in Vietnam had experienced severe headaches for five months. He was flabbergasted. How am I getting these headaches? Why? Oh. Well, I went to the hospital. They did a CT scan, and they found the reason he was having these headaches. Listen to the Rick Stacy Morning Show too much? Yes. <laughs> yeah. He had fluid discharge, fluid Ew. loss. Um, the CT scans revealed that the man was suffering from tension pneumocephalus, a rare but potentially life-threatening neurological condition defined by a dangerous increase in intracranial pressure. The Whoa. subsequent examination revealed the unusual source of the man's pressure and symptoms. So there's like a, a buildup. His head's a pressure cooker? Yeah. A pair of chopsticks have re- reportedly been penetrated up his nose and into his brain. What? How do you not? Na- Dr. Wen Van Men head to the, uh, headed to the Department of Neurosurgery, dubbed the case very rare, while the man was initially flummoxed. I love that word, flummoxed. Over how he ended up with eating utensils and driving him up his brain, he recalled being very, very drunk five months ago while at a party and getting into a fight. Oh, yeah. That's he, that's what happened. He remembers being stabbed in the face. You know, this How is a whole- How do you not remember getting this, chopsticks stabbed in your because face? Because we live in a fantasy land here in the U.S. Every This is every other country, okay? He was so drunk, he did He did remember getting stabbed in the face. Never went to a hospital for it, by the way. Just, you know, I just stopped the bleeding. Apparently, he was stabbed in the nose with two chopsticks up his nostrils. They removed the chopsticks, took about four hours, and now he's clear and he's recovering. What? No way. <laughs> I don't. How? It's the guy who was fighting him. I mean, but Shoved yeah, but you got him up there for so long, you don't sneeze or I feel guess, a giant stick in your face. I guess they broke him off. New weapon. Oh. If you can't carry a gun, carry chopsticks. Yeah, we need chopstick control. <laughs> when I have a headache, it's a real drag, especially when it's caused by chopsticks that are lodged in my brain. Luckily, there's Chopsedrin. Chopsedrin is the only over-the-counter headache medicine that can handle a chopstick lodged in your brain-sized headache. That's our promise. It's just nice to know that whenever my head starts throbbing, Chopsedrin is there to, oh, oh, man, uh-oh. What's wrong, honey? My vision is kind of blurry. Ugh, feeling dizzy. Uh-oh. Another headache caused by the chopsticks that are lodged in your brain? I think so. Take another Chopsedrin. Good idea. And for headaches caused by chopsticks that are lodged in your brain that are keeping you up at night, there's Chopsedrin PM. Look at him. Sleeping like a baby. Despite the chopsticks that are lodged in his brain. Chopsedrin. Your nighttime sneezing headache chopsticks lodged in your brain medicine. In stores now. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. All right, five more minutes and we should probably put a stop to this, right? On 105.9 Sunny FM. Odyssey.
Morrissey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. Sunny Update is brought to you by Fair and Fair. Okay, you know, all, all radio stations uh, have some kind of meteorologist from TV. I guess they're more credible, even though they're wrong just as much. I mean, I could guess here at the weather and do better than most meteorologists. Well, you know, they're just doing their... They can't predict the weather. They can just... I mean, they're doing their best. They can't... They're not magicians. Magicians. All right, but... They have radars. I'll tell you, Jamie King over at Fox 35, he does a pretty good job. We like him. We've invited him on the show. I guess somebody there at the radio station, at the TV station, told him, hey, you don't want to go on that show. That's a horrible place. You know, he was all like about it, too. That was so strange. He was like, oh my God, I love you guys. Because we always... Kind of poke fun at him, and he and it's in good fun. Like if you someone did an SNL skit after you, it's because we like him. Yeah, you know? he's a very good sport. Yeah, for, think- for example, right now we're going to do that. This is him about the weather this morning. It's 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 weather impact day on Fox thirty five. <laughs> Welcome to Fox 35. I'm Jamie King. It's a frost alert. It's frost alert. The Doppler radar is frozen. Maybe if I hit the screen on the computer. That's not working. There's ice everywhere. We're going to die. Make sure to go in your closet and get your ski parka. Hell, make sure you get two ski parkas. It's almost 40 degrees. And now the Fox 35 microphones go down in the streets in Orlando to see what panic is happening. We came down from Fargo, North Dakota, don't you know? And we expected to wear shorts and T-shirts. And wouldn't you know it, I'm wearing shorts and t-shirts. In fact, I'm a little warm, you betcha. Yeah, I done came out to water the plants and they was all frozen. My nipples froze off. I had to go right to the hospital for frostbite. Still a little sensitive. Get your snow shovels ready. As a matter of fact, in a few minutes, we're giving away Fox 35 snow shovels with my face on it, JK. And tonight, tonight, it's going to be even colder. The frosty, icy tundra of Orlando. We're all going to die. It's a weather impact day. Now here's Doppler traffic with Screech. So, uh, yeah, this morning on the, on the news, the, the reporter's out on the street. She has, um, and I like her, don't get me wrong. She looks adorable in it. She looks really pretty. But it's, If it's, you were in Colorado. It's, it's, it's as if we got snowed in and people all around Orlando can't get out their front doors to get to work because it's a <gasps> puffy jacket with a hood and it's fur-lined. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, what, did, did it snow last night? I didn't know about it. Yeah. Get them all, lock them up, lock them up, get them all, get them all, lock them up, perverse criminals. Lock them up, lock them up, criminals, lock them up, get them all, perverse. No one said that. Who said that? The cops. Haines City, that's what they're saying. um, This math teacher accused of having inappropriate relationship with a student was taken into custody Tuesday. According to cops, a witness notified officers leading to an investigation. The victim stated that 23-year-old Kevin Rodriguez Phoebus contacted her through an online messaging app, and the two began a relationship early in this year. According to Haines City Police, Rodriguez Phoebus admitted to the inappropriate behavior when speaking with detectives. Rodriguez Phoebus is facing charges and offenses to students in an authority as an authority figure. Haines City cops encourage anyone with any information, call them 863-421-3636 or Heartland Crime Stoppers. Another perv, another day. 
Do you think this one will actually get caught? Because remember what happened to the coach at no, Celebration they, High School? They arrested her, according to this, so I don't know why okay. they got no, this. Yeah, this guy is definitely, he went to jail. Okay, good. But why are they giving out the phone number then? If you have, what, more victims? Well, I, yeah, possibly. Oh. He works in a school. He's a school teacher. All right. Let me see. Should I give you the reason they don't like him first, or should I tell you the story about how they don't like him? Who are we talking about? Who? Biden. Um, oh, I think we know why people don't like him. Right. All right. So let's go with this. New study came out about, you know, the upcoming election. New York Times published it. And it's warning the Democrats that young people, not old people, young people, especially younger voters, first time voters, don't like Biden. Gee, wonder why. They just don't like him for a number of reasons. This is a clear signal that the Democrat Party is in big trouble in 2024. President Trump is ahead in most states now, 28 states. Some states that he lost by two or three points last year, he's now ahead by five to ten points. Now, here's the interesting part about this. In 2016, when he won against Hillary Clinton, polling showed that Trump wasn't ahead in any state at one point. When he got closer to the election, he was ahead by three points here, two points there. Even Arizona, where he won by, I forget it was, a large margin, the polling was wrong. Or people wouldn't admit it. You know, when you get polled, mm-hmm. you, they call you, and for some reason, people don't like to tell the truth on the phone, even though nobody's listening but the pollster. Right. But yeah, the polling was completely wrong and showed that Trump was losing to Hillary. We even heard it on the news all the time. Yeah. And then he won by a lot. That's something he says all the time. By a lot. It was huge. Huge. So now they're saying, think about it. The polling is showing he's ahead between five and ten points in most states. If the polling's wrong, he might be ahead by a landslide. If you take polling into account. But that's what they're tying together here. And this is from the New York Times. This isn't from, like, Fox News. I always have to say that because I get accused all the time. You're just a Fox Newsy Trumpster maggot. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, why do they hate him? I got, This is just my opinion. I think they hate the guy because he himself is a very hateful man. He's been lying for 50 years. There's no doubt about that. That's factual. I mean, do you want to play something, Smoke? I was going to say. Wait, yeah, wait. Got... Before you play it, uh, explain what this is. This is an old clip, a bunch of old clips, about him lying 30 years ago. Yeah, he was, um, he was at some kind of like press conference, and he... This is like 1987, and he starts yelling at this dude saying, I'm smarter than you. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 823 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class. That he does not have three degrees from college and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. That is ABC News back in the day. I mean, and ABC News was liberal back then. It's I mean, 1987. Just, yeah, yeah. It's it's insane. But I mean, people still voted for him because nobody does any 
Nobody's teaching history anymore, even current history, you know, stuff from the last 20 years or so. So we're completely ignorant. Then we go out and we vote for somebody because we hate the other person or been taught to hate the other person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Biden comes out yesterday, and this is just, remember the uh, MAGA speech he did with the red background? And oh, the, yeah, it looked like yeah. a Star Wars evil, yep. you know. Th- you know, it was the, the 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 evil, what's his name? I'm so out of Star Wars so it's long. It's like a Darth Palpatine. He's got the, the red lights going up behind him. Right, You're waiting that for the stormtroopers to come out from behind the White House. Well, he did a little bit of that yesterday while announcing that he's putting together another bureaucracy full of people that don't do anything to help you out, but they're going to get paid a hell of a lot of money that you're paying for. So he came out Monday and he had, uh, he's talking about supply chain resilience. Remember during COVID how the supply chain collapsed and stuff backed up and you couldn't get toilet paper to wipe your Gucci thingy. And (laughs) using that event as a backdrop, he's taking action right now to um, fix the supply chain so it can never be affected by any kind of crisis. And so was he going down to the Panama Canal to fix that or no? No, no. He's announced a supply chain resilience council he's assembled. Oh, gosh. And in that speech, oh, he had to do the old thing that Biden does, his, his just seething hate for MAGA people. Fortunately, uh, we've been able to push back on Republican, MAGA Republicans so far. But they haven't given up. They haven't given up. They still want to undo this progress we're making. And here come all the lies, just like the ones you just heard. Here we go. They're proposing cuts in investments in roads and bridges. No, they're not. That's not true. It's absolutely false. Completely false. You know all this money we just spent, one, what was it, $1.9 trillion for the, uh, what was it, the Fight Inflation Act or the, uh, what's it called, the um, the Inflation Reduction Act. Right, there you go. A lot of that money was supposed to go to, have you seen any road improvements anywhere? Nope. No. If anything, it's worse. Those of you who drove up to Georgia or to Tennessee for the holidays to see friends and family, did you notice the roads are all new and there's all paving and the bridges aren't cracking? No, right? Mm, no. That's, that money was given to friends who helped and contributed to them during the election. The internet, and uh, high-speed internet? Yeah, I don't think there's one Republican anywhere that's thinking, we got to take down the high-speed internet. Yeah, this is annoying. Yeah. I liked when it took 20 minutes per page. This guy will say anything. Sometimes he just goes off the teleprompter and starts saying really stupid that's crap. That's the funniest stuff. Yeah, I know. Very things that provided from, the, anyway, it's across the board. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. (sighs) That's why young voters don't like him anymore. Because, you know, here's the unfortunate. It's so ironic, sort of because of all the political upheaval in the United States, especially with the Hamas-Israel thing right now, young voters are paying more attention. They may be believing the wrong things, but they're paying more attention. So now they pay more attention to the president of the United States that perhaps two years ago they didn't even know his name Mm. than they did before. So they're noticing... What's going on? This guy's full of farts. Well, I thought you were going to say <laughs> that they didn't like Biden because he was speaking out saying he supports Israel. And you know, all the students on the campuses are being brainwashed to take yeah. the side of Hamas. So I thought you were going to say they're paying attention and knowing that Biden supports Israel makes them not want to vote for him. Well, that that that's as of late. That's true. But, but they've hated him. And this survey was taken began back in June, ended okay. in September, so it was before, before the that. But, you know, you see you see what's going on. They're already paying more attention to that, which is a good thing at the same time. It's just the interpretation is not the right interpretation. Okay, now, we have an election coming up, right? So what's the one thing Democrats are really good at? Lying? No. Republicans lie, too. The one thing Democrats are really good at is- mar- uh, Marketing, yeah. Marketing and also, um, how do you say this without being too antagonistic? Like uh, whining. 
No, oh, um, um, rigging things in their favor. Not illegally, necessarily. But you got to understand, remember again, I keep quoting her, Jane Fonda, to, to the Democrats back when COVID hit, this is our chance. Yeah, how do we twist this tragedy to our advantage? Mail-in voting. Mail-in ah. voting. Remember, France. France, liberal country. For God's sake. I mean, really, we used to make jokes about France all the time. War doesn't have to break out for them to surrender. You just look at them the wrong way, they give up. And now they're doing better than we are. You see their protests? Yeah. The farmers, they're spewing manure all over the politicians' houses. They don't care anymore. They've so, had it. What's the deal? When... when- I guess what I should ask is, why was mail-in voting initially instated? It was, was it because of elderly people that couldn't make it to polls? Yeah, yeah no, they, they, they told us that it was that, that it was people couldn't make it to the polls and we need to have people vote. We can't, we can't have this oppression of voters who otherwise would vote if they could go out, but they're going to die if they go out. Remember COVID. Um, but anyway- uh, well, the, the, We just did something where we're like, now you have to sign up to get your mail-in ballot every year instead of it just getting sent to you. Some states. Now, uh, the thing is, is that in France, they did away with mail-in balloting altogether. You either get there or you don't vote? Right. Because, you know, there's all kinds of legal means by which you can get your hands on ballots and fill them out for somebody else. So ballot, why don't we do that? Ballot harvesting. Be, no, Repu- that's one thing. Yeah, it's one thing that uh, Trump and a few other Republicans did say. So we need to learn how to do that. There's, it's not illegal. So let's do our own ballot harvesting. They're too, you know, even though they partake in all the corruption, they're still too weak. Where's my list? Oh boy, uh oh, getting the list out. Too cowardly, mousy, mamby pamby, yellow bellied, spineless, gutless, weak, afraid, candy ass, sissy, scaredy cats. We got to change up the order. Okay, <laughs> to do that kind of stuff. Because people look at them and go, oh, look, that's that's not ethical. Oh, really? Really going to play that game? So anyway, now they're ramping up. Chinese hospitals are housing another deadly outbreak. Gee, it just, it's funny how this happens. Do you see the video from those hospitals? That looked like chaos. And the UK is reporting some cases of this new virus in their hospitals. Oh, jeez. There's a couple of reports out of Washington, D.C. that in their hospitals they have a couple of these cases. It's just, is it coincidence or is it just me that this is showing up just like it did during the last election? And here's the funny part about it. We haven't learned our lesson. Four years ago, during the weeks leading up to the COVID-19 outbreak, Beijing failed to report the new virus and then denied airborne spread. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yep. They're doing it again. As a matter of fact, back in the COVID days when it first emerged, remember the one doctor that was saying, hey, we got a problem. And all of a sudden, he got sick and died? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And then, of course, the, remember the other lady that escaped to the U.S.? Mm. And for like a year, she was going, hey, they did this. Hey, nobody would listen to her, the Chinese doctor. Well, yeah. no, remember then there was the, the the black lady that was the doctor, too, and she was talking about COVID, and everyone was trying to discredit her, yeah. saying that she's crazy and don't listen to a thing she says. Look over here. Don't look at her. Well, they're doing it all again. They're oh, punishing geez. doctors who raised concerns about this new virus. The World Health Organization, who for some incredible reason we still think are, you know, our friends, nope. are also working like they did with the Wuhan lab to hide where this virus is coming from, of course, namely China. I mean, it, it's uh, called RSV. You've probably heard yeah, of it. RSV's been around for a while. Yeah, you've respiratory prob- syncytial virus. Yeah. Isn't it for babies, though? It uh, attacks children. Anybody. And older people can get... But mostly children. Now, here's the part about it that that's lovely for, for Democrats is that, remember, elderly people, people feel, feel sorry for. But children? Oh, no. 
Nobody leaves the house. Yeah. And everything is mail-in balloting. Think Just- about the children. And, and think about think about all this. We can line up at Black Friday for a TV set, wait hours outside in front of other people smushed up against the line, but we can't mm-hmm. go out and vote in person. Right. Isn't that funny how we uh, prioritize? Well, it's interesting because it's funny that you mentioned that because more and more I'm seeing doctors, and granted this is online, but firsthand I experienced it when Elliot had a cold and I brought him to the doctor. And his doctor was uh, not available, so I brought him over to like the Minute Clinic or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they usually have like nurse practitioners in there. And she's like, well, I'm seeing all these cases of COVID. Look, it's not COVID. I already tested him. And I'm seeing all these cases of RSV. So I don't think it's RSV. He doesn't really have a cough. So then he goes to the doctor and she does a little swabby thing. He comes out negative for everything. Turns out he just had a random virus. She gave him some amoxicillin. He's fine in four days. But Mm. they panic you at first. Like, I'm seeing all this and I'm seeing all this and cases in this are rising. It's like, it's a cold. Give him an antibiotic and let me go. That's uh, What's that thing? Uh, Fear make you do whatever. You scare people enough, they'll go, all right, whatever I have to do, I'll take the, the the shot that nobody knows what it does and it just came out. But it's also the fear of the unknown. Think about it. Right now, yeah. we're going through a pretty severe flu season. I mean, pandemic level flu, flu season. Flu is worse than yeah, but, any other thing, but they didn't, they didn't, nobody masked their kids and closed schools for flu. Yeah, no, but, you just had those little things going, hey, come get your flu shot if you want. Yeah, but the flu doesn't have the unknown element. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was already a vaccine for the right. flu. Yeah. So, so, so it's not as scary when they say we don't know what's going on with and this. F- We're just learning. Then the f- it's scary. The flu kills killed more children continues to than COVID did. Yeah. Av- average, I believe it. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're welcome to do that. But I was, I'm just, I'm just guessing from what I read years ago was like 32,000 uh, die each year from the flu. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, because there's, there's how many there's what two to three different types of flu. Yeah. Influenza A, influenza B. All right. There's also this. It's mm-hmm. another medical issue. A British man's wedding anniversary spun out of control. Here's what happened. Colin Blake and his wife were celebrating their 35th wedding anniversary on a cruise to France. He woke up one morning and his big toe was huge oh. and purple. Did Ow. he stub it? Oh, he had toe toenail? fungus. You would think, right? It hurt. Really bad. Blake visited the doctor. The doctor found that he's been attacked by venomous eight-legged hunter spiders. <gasps> oh. The spider laid eggs inside his big toe. No! Oh, oh God. Oh, look. <laughs> oh. He said he was totally unaware that he was bitten because the spider numbs its prey before laying its eggs. Oh, that's nice of it. Oh, dude, yeah, I'd chop that thing off. I could lose the flip-flops for the rest of my life. I don't care. I showed my wife at first before going to the doctor. She thought it was just because I was wearing sandals. I may have hit something or, you know, rubbed something in the wrong way or something like that. It was all Mm. red and purple. Doctors cut the toe open. Don't tell me the babies came out. Freeing milk-like pus followed by hundreds of spiders. Oh, God! And spider eggs dropped out. Okay, people are eating breakfast. Blake discovered he still had a foreign body in his foot. They did the surgery and got it all out. Oh, that is awful. I would just be like, put me under for all of it. I don't want to be awake. I don't want to see the things crawling. Just put me under. Dude, yeah, like in the operating room, that must have been chaos. A nurse, give me the scalpel. Oh, nurse, nurse, raid, 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 give me the raid. (laughs) It's stuff Rick finds while surfing on the internet. On the internet, on the internet, he may spend too much time on the internet. 
but he finds something strange and new each day. Yeah, All right, so you know, old internet man, you just go on there and point and click, 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 click. It's you know, Doctor Phil's man. back on the air, right? Yes. So he's dealing with uh, a lot of stuff we deal with here on the show, but this one was about cultural appropriation. He brought in a uh, cultural, a doctor of cultural sciences or some crap like that, some professor for some Ivy League school, and he was talking about, you know, uh, you shouldn't appropriate other people's culture, you know, during Cinco de Mayo, don't wear a Mexican hat, you know, uh, all that stuff. How about that? Yeah, how about that? So then, of course, uh, Dr. Phil, which, you know, I like when he does this kind of stuff, he had another student from another college come on, and he's compiled a few things that he thought would be interesting for the doctor that was doctor, um, for the doctor that was Dr. Phil's guest to hear. So, right here is asking a Chinese person dressed as a Chinese person mm -hmm. if it's okay to dress like a Chinese person. Okay. Do you have to be Chinese to wear this? You don't have to. Anybody can wear it. What prompted you to make that video? I made that video to prove anti-white ivory tower professors like the one in your studio wrong. This video and the others that I've made like it with Native Americans, with Mexicans, with the Chinese you just watched are irrefutable evidence that people like that professor are exactly wrong on cultural appropriation. I've seen people get offended by braids and say braids are a black people thing and white people can't wear braids. It's called a Dutch braid. It was from back in Nordic times, old Nordic times with white people, with Vikings, would wear braids, yet people want to come and claim that it's some part of their culture now. No, you can't claim that something is just a part of your culture either. It's for people to share and celebrate and use so you can actually have a society that is cohesive and works together as a melting pot. Not all these different groups that can't work together because everyone's so offended. The only mm -hmm. people who are actually offended by cultural appropriation don't really have anything else of meaning going on in their lives, it seems. Bingo! Yeah, nailed that one. And I have a question. Why is it that the same people that are very ready to jump immediately and scream cultural appropriation if a little white girl dresses as Pocahontas or Moana or whatever the cultural appropriation you want to be mad about that day are the same people that will defend a man that can dress like a woman and identify as a woman and that's not appropriating womanhood? Thank you for that. That's really good. Jill, wow. I'm just saying, let's keep it even. Let's just keep it fair. If we're going to be mad Funny. across the board, we've got to be mad about everything then. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, have a taste your own medicine. All right, earlier we played you the BLM co-founder from Rhode Island that has endorsed Trump. And now we have uh, one of these, uh, she's the head of the Latino women for Trump. <gasps> she used to be a Democrat. As a matter of fact, she voted for Biden. So this is recent. She did a little thinking. Before Trump got elected as president and I became a business owner, I thought the guy was a total ass. But the further down the rabbit hole I get in entrepreneurship, the more I realize how impactful his core values are. This man repeatedly takes two by fours to the face at a global scale and refuses to stay down. He is the first president in US history to be indicted and he's still running in the next election. Not to mention that he's went bankrupt two times and most business owners would crumble under the weight of shame of failure and just public humiliation. Leads me into the second value, which is speaking the truth. The man is outspoken and very vocal about what he stands for. And because he speaks his truth so powerfully, people either rally with him or they rally against him. Most people don't say how they feel because they want to be liked more than they want to lead. This man just doesn't seem to give a shit. Another value is his innovation. He never started as a politician. He started as a businessman. And instead of hiding and staying quiet with all of the news publications and viral media, this man took the message and spun it into marketing. He's selling coffee cups with his mug shot on them and bumper stickers that say Joe Biden owes me gas money. Unrelenting perseverance is 
something iconic. And finally, um, oh no, wait, do you want, I should play the Megan Kelly real quick. If you, sure, go ahead. I love Megan Kelly. I know you do. Yeah, I haven't told my wife, but uh, here she is. She's talking about what's going on on our college campuses. All the students, uh, you, you know, chanting from the river to the sea. Most of them not knowing what the hell they're talking about either. Mm. But here she is talking about how disgusting this has become. We have so lost the youth of this country that now, 20 years later, not 70, not 170, they want to look back and rewrite the history of Osama bin Laden because Palestine, because deconstructing what colonization, because there's been a mind meld on college campuses that is corrupted and infected and toxified an entire generation. And now your kids and my kids are going to have to deal with these cretins who hate America because we made them, because their parents failed them, their educators failed them. Corporate America continues to fail them. The media continues to fail them. And it's the fight for our lives. If you don't think this is coming to a school near you or a community near you, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, she's always right on. No. And finally, we had our little uh, serving of this yesterday. We had our little corporate meeting about stuff, just general stuff. Do you ever sit in a corporate meeting and then the terms that people use and you just want to go, can we just talk normal? Who talks like that? Yeah. Like, can't we just sit like me and you and talk and have a discussion? But I think some the higher up you go, and it's not necessarily our company, but I know people that work for companies it's like all this. Companies. They're, it's and it's the, through the email and it's through the speak when you're sitting in meetings person to person. It's like can we just yeah, have can, can I tell the one thing about yesterday? You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember. Go ahead. Tell me. We I, had uh, one guy. Oh, yeah, go ahead, say it. So we all had to talk about our radio stations. So I came on and I Rick didn't even know he had to present at this at this meeting, first of all. And they're like, okay, Rick, you're up first. He's like, for what? <laughs> they're like, for the station? You're the kind of like the boss and stuff. Why don't you just tell us what's going on? He's like- Oh, oh yeah, that is on my business card, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what he did, Smoke? Because Smoke oh. wasn't there. He goes like this. He goes, oh, well, uh, we're number one. And he gets up and walks out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> was, my man. It was so good. So the next guy comes on, and he's literally, he's Joe Biden. He's reeling from, reading from a teleprompter. There were there had to have been cue cards. It was it like was a you teleprompter. Were it was you were presenting at the Grammys. It was very formal. Here's what I'm expected to say. So here's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to say it in a rhythm that we can all agree on is good corporate talk. See, if I talk like this, you guys will think I'm a part of the executive crew. So here it is, a ode to corporate speak. What's the number one thing you hated about corporate America? Number one, uh, gotta be gotta be company lingo. Yeah, dude, dude. I don't know how it was in education, but dude, in my in, in the sales world, it's like everyone's a robot. It was tiresome. Yeah, I, I, dude, I think I got a text message. Uh, hey team, let's touch base on the deliverables for the upcoming project. We need to prioritize the low-hanging fruit first. Then let's take a deep dive to create innovative solutions. We need to make sure we leverage our core competencies and synergize with other departments. We need to be proactive, not reactive, but proactive when it comes to thinking outside the box to drive home our key results. Remember, we are aiming for maximum ROI and seamless integration. Let's go ahead and circle back next week to ensure we're alive. Aligned, on track, and really have the ball rolling. I want to quit. I'm so happy. Stuff Rick finds while surfing on the internet. 
on the internet on oh, the internet God. he may spend too much time on the internet but he finds something strange and new each day the sunny update are we ready to get crazy rick jill and smokestack yeah, I'm sure. yeah. having fun with the world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So we were just talking about corporate speak when you're at work in the office and you're going to a meeting. Um, but have you been on a job interview and you sit there and you have to pretend like you care about what they're asking you? Because I don't know when the last time you were on a job interview. I had a friend of mine that went on a job interview the other day. The questions are the same they were 30 years ago. Nobody's got any creativity. Nobody asks you stuff that's really important. It's all the, why do you see yourself in 10 years if you're working for this company? Why did you want to work for this company? How do you think you go? What do you think your strengths and weaknesses? Does nobody have a brain of their own? You can't come up with no. interview questions no. that would actually benefit you in finding someone that's actually right for the job. What do you download a template? You know, yeah. My favorite one that I heard recently was, what's your personal brand? Yeah, that's the new like thing. Like General Mills, Goodyear, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. No, my favorite is, why do you want to work here? Because uh, I heard you were handing out money if I do. Like, I need a job. Give and if a- you say, if you're honest and you say that, you're not going to get the job. She wants to work here for money. Is that ridiculous? How rude. Well, that's the other thing is, I, you'll see some people in their ad say, if money is a priority, this is not the place for you. That means they're not going to pay you jack. <laughs> yeah, if money's a priority. What do you think my priority is? Helping you get money? And right. just, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. It makes so no true. sense. It's got to be frustrating as hell if you're out there looking for a job right yeah. now. Uh, but if you do go on a job interview, here's things that are okay to lie about. Number one, if you were leaving your job because you really dislike it, because you don't get along with your boss or your colleagues, you're going to lie about this. Please do not tell them that your boss doesn't like you. Don't tell them that everyone's really hard to work with. All they're going to hear when you say that is that you are difficult. Instead, you're going to say something like, things are going great, but I want to take on bigger challenges. The second thing that you're going to lie about is why you want the job. 100% of people who want a job want it for the money and benefits. Instead, you are going to tell them why you're passionate about the company's mission, why this job is your life's work, and you are just such a good fit for the culture of this what? company. Why would you say, why minute. would you do that? What would it, what, what, first of all, if you answered, I would ask the question just to see if you answer it and right. not be honest. If you say that, I'm not going to hire you. It says here, number two, don't mention money. Why? That should be okay. I'm here because I want to make money for a living so I can, I don't know, survive. And you're giving it out if I do a job for you. Why am I going to say, oh, your your company's work is my life mission? That's BS. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I'll do this for free. I'm just here for the family and the team. Do you have a team, right? <laughs> Some more. And the third one is your plans for the future. I don't care if you are starting grad school in six months and just need this job as filler and you are going to jump ship as soon as you find something better. When they ask you about your plans for the next five years, your plans are to be at that company. Come in, knock it out of the park in this role and continue to grow as opportunities arise. What every company wants is top talent that is going to stay and grow with them. Now, the lady that's giving you those tips right there, I want to ask her if I were in a job interview, why do you talk like that where you're like sort of frying eggs at the end of every sentence? What is that? Why do you talk like that? Yeah, I don't understand. You feel insecure, you're inferior, so you have to make it sound like that. Hiring is getting weirder and weirder. Listen to this. Giving all those dirty little secrets that HR does not want us to know. They're definitely dirty. They're not always so little. (laughs) And they can be sneaky. If you see family photos on the interviewer's desk and start bonding over having kids, you may have fallen into a secret trap. There's an HR director that I know, and when you come in for the interview, she's got a picture of two adorable little kids that are facing you in the interview. She doesn't have kids. 
this is a trick. What she has is an edict from upper management to not hire moms. Oh. So if you start talking about your children, she yes. knows right away to strike you off the list. Exactly right. That's and terrible. And you'll never know. Isn't oh, that illegal, though? my God. No. Well, I mean, it's probably it's a gray area. It's discrimination. Right. But if it's subtle like that. Yeah, we didn't say I can't hire you because of kids. But if you start talking about your kids, I know maybe you're too busy to take on our roles here. Wow, people are scum, man. Isn't that terrible? Wow. We're surrounded by what, 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 well, space balls. What, We're surrounded by a-holes. Well, here's what they think. They think that you're a robot and your whole life's mission is to exist solely for them. No, you get me between this hour and this hour. This job's a little different because, you know, we, we do meetings outside and things like that. But if you're in a corporate world, like you get me between this and this because you pay me to be here between this and this. I am not a doctor. I don't carry a beeper around with me for you to beat me when you need me. Yeah, that, that speech didn't go over very well during my parent-teacher conferences at school. Why doesn't he do his homework? I'm like, because you get 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. I'm not doing anything outside of that, all right? You got oh, eight so hours this, a day to teach me stuff. There so, you go. So this started in elementary school for you, huh? Yeah, you know, I've budgeted a certain amount of time a day gotcha. for certain things. Yeah, you know, I got to spend yeah. round the clock, yeah. do what everybody else's work. I returned my text from yesterday, but that's okay. I understand Which now. one? It's been since childhood that this has been going Which on. Which one? You got like 17 of It doesn't matter. He said, there's a question mark at the end. I got you. Do you guys have this problem? Because I get this a lot sometimes, too. Uh, You get an email on a Monday, and it's like, I sent you an email yesterday. You haven't responded. I'm like, because it was Sunday, and I'm not doing work today. Yeah, they act like I wake up and go, oh, I got to mow the lawn. But first, I'm going to sit down at my work email and just go through everybody else's stuff on my day off and see what I can do to help out. And I understand that there are people like that. I used to work with someone that eat breathes, bleeds, lives, radio. Mm -hmm. If that's what you do, good for you. I love my job and I've invested a lot of my life. I've been doing radio for 25 plus years and I love it. And I'm very happy that I'm in the field that I'm in. However, (laughs) I also have a husband and a child and a family and this isn't 100% of my life. It's 100% of my life while I'm here. But then I go home and, oh, guess what? I got other stuff I got to do sometimes. That and people take advantage of that. Like, because I used to be the same thing. I would sleep here. I'd volunteer where I could. I just was excited to be here and help out. Yeah, show me some You realize it's, well, I mean, it was right before you got here. When I found you under the table sleeping? Yes. That's how, that that's was, how dedicated I was. I would come in the night before, fall no. asleep in front of the door just to not be no, late. No, you didn't have anywhere else to go. Officer and gentleman, where am I going to go? It's just one of those where like they'll take advantage of you being a hard well, worker. Well, you're doing a really good job at keeping them from doing that. Oh, you got to. You've got to. Think about like how many times have we like, oh, whoops, I forgot. I was supposed to give you money for that thing that you did, wasn't I? Oh, Sometimes if you don't ask for the money, they just won't give it to you. You know what's funny, too, is, yeah, it's a, it's considered a whoopsie if you don't get paid for something that you already did. It's like, what if I had a whoopsie and just didn't come to work? Yeah. Oh, well, I just won't come in until you pay me then. Sorry, I was a week late. We'll get it. Well, I'll come in on the next paycheck. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Uh, but I will agree with you, though. But Before I got married and had kids, I was the go-to girl. It was like, Jill's not doing anything on Christmas. She ain't got nothing to do. Make her work. And it was like, but wait, no, I still want to do the thing, though. That, that was me. As soon as I got here, like, wait, you're from Michigan. You don't have any family here. Tell you what, you're going to take Christmas and Thanksgiving and, the hell, Halloween, too. You probably ain't got nobody for Valentine's Day. We'll expect you in there. Oh, it's so true. Should I do, do you want to hear about the situation or should I do them later? No, go ahead. 
All right. So he was on, where the hell was he? Entertainment Tonight. He's got a memoir coming out. I thought you had to be old to come out with a memoir, but more and more people that are like in their 20s are coming out with a memoir. I'm like, what do you have to write about? But apparently (laughs) that's the new trend. I did beer and grew up to be 20. (laughs) I got my driver's license. Here I am. The end. So Mike, the situation, Sorrentino, if you don't know who that is, he's from Jersey Shore. He's the situation. The one that always took his shirt off. Well, they all took their shirt off, but I digress. He's got his memoir coming out called Reality Check, Making the Best of the Situation, How I Overcame Addiction, Loss, and Prison. Because he did go to jail. Making the best of the situation. That's clever. Yep. So he did go to jail. He did have uh, a severe addiction, which in Hollywood, you'll find out is more, I mean, I'm sure you know this. It's not like you need somebody to tell you more common than not and uh, he was explaining how much money he spent on drugs. But eventually uh, I became a dependent and I became addicted on these substances and on shows like Dancing with the Stars and uh, the talk shows um, I was always high. He spent $500,000 on drugs um, which is, I mean, I, I'm guessing that's a lot of money, yeah? Yeah. On drugs. That's Charlie a lot of money. Sheen's like, hold my beer. Yeah, and then who is Hunter who? Charlie Sheen. Or Hunter <laughs> Biden. Hunter Biden got thrown out of the Hotel Chateau Marmont in L.A., which but for doing too many drugs, which by the way, Jim Belushi used to go there all the time. Oh, yeah. OD'd in the hotel, didn't get thrown out. Jim Morrison, you know how many drugs he did in Hotel Chateau Marmont? Didn't get thrown out, but how many drugs do you got to do to get thrown out of that hotel that allowed Jim Belushi and Jim Morrison, and they didn't do too many drugs? Huh. So, yeah, so he was talking about how when you're in Hollywood, it's just at your fingertips. I was already a young and wild, careless kid, and once you gave that kid millions of dollars and Ferraris and Lambos and girls screaming, you know, my name and yes men everywhere, um, it was hard to turn that off. Yeah. How do you get that job? (laughs) They can say that, but what kind of car are they driving? What kind of girls are in their home? I said girls. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when he was just like the worst, but it was oh, it was so hysterical. entertaining. Winning. Oh Tiger blood now drips from my fangs. My conduct is, is bitching. My condition is perfect. So shut it. <laughs> <laughs> Something has happened to Disney for the first time since 2014, and that's not counting the years 20 and 20 and 2021 oh, during the pandemic. Oh, they came out with an original movie. No. Oh, they're remaking the old ones again, but ruining them? No. Oh. Um. They have not had a billion-dollar movie at all this year. Gee, I wonder why. Well, they've released, you know, the Marvels, Indiana Jones, the New Little Mermaid, um, things like that. And even their animated movies, like, I don't know if you remember uh, Wish that came out. Um, a lot of people didn't. Wish only made, where'd it go? Uh, has only made $48 million worldwide so far. I've never far. Even heard of it. So it's a it's a new Disney cartoon, and this is the one that had a non-binary character in it. So some people didn't want to go see it for that. And then you had Elemental, which I think had another non-binary character. And people were like, Doesn't "Why are you Toy bringing?" Does Toy Story have a bunch? Well, well, here's <laughs> the interesting thing: is you can make a cartoon, and that's fine if you want to have something for people to identify with. But but when you move over to things that are considered sexual. Uh, orientation and it's for children now you're bringing something sexual into a children's movie which is what some people are saying why does that even need to be a thing just have the characters be a character so people stopped going to see Disney movies well what happened was you're right and and it's okay to have one maybe maybe two well I I understand that that oh there's some kids that might identify with this so we feel the need to be inclusive to all people I get where they were going with that but it's also 
Well, they saturated the product line. Everything. We had to promote. Remember that lady? She worked for Disney. She goes, well, oh, I'm going to yeah. get queer in everything we do. And then they did away with boys and girls. Yeah, your, your attempt to be inclusive jumps the shark. And now you've just, like you said, you oversaturate everything. And now everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's what you do now. So now I'm not interested. Yeah, well, this was on an investment call, too. So they were getting heat from the investors. And you come off as pandery. And it's not just their movies. Disney Plus came out with a remake of the television show The Proud Family, which was, um, for lack of a better term, like shaking their finger at at white people. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this slaves built this country and we the descendants of slaves in america have earned reparations for their suffering and continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice racism and white supremacy that america was founded with and still has not atoned for slaves built this country that is shocking do kids even understand that well first of all the anger in it is is over the top it's very angry and very uh, aggressive and it's and it's not it's out of context it's out of context completely. Slaves came in all different skin colors. All different. Started with white people. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean... Nobody wants ever- to talk about that, no. though. Yeah. Humans have been enslaving each other everywhere for a long, long, long time. First people to, to actually sell slaves on, on a coastline that actually lined them up on a coastline were black leaders in Africa who sold their own skin-colored people mm-hmm. to other slaves. I mean, it, the, the history is completely now, erased. But see, now, Rick, you're, it's making too much sense because you're actually talking about facts. But we can't have facts anymore because we can't teach history. We're tearing down statues. We're erasing things from books. We don't want to teach kids because we want to do it all over again in a different way. We don't want them to know what happened last time. No, it's the continuous continued uh, ongoing war between the oppressor and the oppressed and yeah. everything has to fit that little mold there for them to have their narrative it's incredible so uh, yeah, that's a kids cartoon by the way uh, well it, that's it amazing out, isn't it when it came out like in the late 90s early 2000s it was not like that at all right because you were saying you're like wait i watched the proud family back yeah like that was that's old what do you mean there's a Here. i didn't realize they remade it i'm just gonna play a little bit of this because we always do when this subject comes up what is it slavery was not invented by white people It did not start in 1619 when the first slaves came to Jamestown. It existed before then. It did not start in 1492 when Columbus discovered the New World. In fact, slavery existed in Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. The word slave actually comes from the Slavs of Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. Millions of them, all white by the way, were captured and enslaved by Muslims in the 9th century and later by the Ottoman Turks. Here's the second thing you need to know. White people were the first to formally put an end to slavery. Yeah. And there's more of that, Candace Owens. But that's the truth. And then they show a film, a a cartoon to little kids, and they hear the anger. And you wonder why... They're protesting in colleges now. And there's hatred for people that don't look like you. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. And you know what? Just for that, they deserve to lose the money they did. So there. Didn't anybody watch Ten Commandments? Let my people go. <laughs> okay. Now we got to get into Robert De Niro, who uh. 
This I, is another one. I have been able to separate movies I love from crazy actors and then their real life. Like Tom Cruise, we can all agree, is bat crap crazy. He's but, a cult leader, but I got to tell you. But I love his movies. I enjoy Mission Impossible. Mission, I'll watch it again. Mission Impossible movies are some of the greatest movies out there. Jerry Maguire's good. I like Top Gun. But we all know that he's nuts. Same thing with De Niro. I'm Italian. I love De Niro movies. But the man has lost a couple of marbles along the way, and he's very angry. Is that an, is that an older thing? My parents are older, and no, they're not no. angry. No, no, De Niro has a special anger and hatred. Towards Trump. Towards Trump, but, but other things too, but mostly Trump at this point. So he was on stage at the 33rd Gotham Awards on Monday, and I guess he had prepared a speech, and when he gave the speech, the... Um, they they edited a whole bunch of it out. So when he got up there to accept another award, here's what happened. I, I just want to say one thing. The beginning of my speech was edited, cut out. I didn't know about it. And I want to read it. Shut up. It, it was, thank you. History isn't history anymore. Truth is not truth. Even facts are being replaced by alternative facts. And who does that the most? You guys in Hollywood. But that, you know, I didn't say why. And driven by conspiracy theories and ugliness. In Florida, young students are taught that slaves develop skills which could be applied for their personal benefit. That is a complete lie, and it's out of context as well. So, but go ahead, let's hear about disinformation, De Niro. The entertainment industry isn't immune to this festering disease. The Duke John Wayne famously said of Native Americans, I don't feel we did wrong in taking this great country away from them. There were great numbers of people who needed new land, and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. Lying has become just another tool in the charlatan's arsenal. The former president lied to us more than 30,000 times during his four Thank you. It's like one person clapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Because they're all going, yeah, things were better for us too under Trump, so. Yeah, so he keeps going and going and going. But since it's Christmas, I guess they thought they would try to bury the hatchet. And Hallmark Channel thought, you know, we have all these feel-good movies that come out this time of year. Why not try to, you know, make it water under the bridge between Trump and De Niro? Coming to the Hallmark Channel. Get ready for the holiday movie you've been waiting for. Donald Trump and Robert De Niro star in Enemies for the Holidays. Look, Robert, you don't like me and I don't like you, but we're stuck in this ski lodge together for the holidays, whether we like it or not. I don't like it. Nope. I don't like it. It's a bad thing, you hear me? A bad Christmas. Look at me, a bad Christmas. You hear what I said? Watch as this unlikely pair are forced to stay together for the holidays. I'm writing a letter to Santa, and all I want for Christmas is for you to disappear. Funny you should say that, because I want the same thing for Christmas. I want you to disappear. You hear me? You're going to get whacked by Santa, you hear me? Look at me. Donald Trump and Robert De Niro star in Enemies for the Holidays. Uh-oh, we're both standing under the mistletoe. But you're not going to get a kiss. You know what you're going to get, huh? A beating, you hear me? Coming to the Hallmark Channel. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. All right, we've seen our share of ridiculousness. By the way, the update's brought to you by Farrah and Farrah. On Channel 35 this morning, we came in early, and it's uh, it was 39 up in Deland. 
And it was about 42 here in Orlando. I mean, you know, yeah, it's still a little chilly. It's not that. It's definitely cold for Florida, but if you watch the news, you would think that we were snowed in. People couldn't get out their front doors. Yeah. So uh, one of the reporters on Fox 35 was wearing a ski parka, complete with Jill. A fur-lined hood. I mean, she looks very pretty, but it's a little warm for that, I think. Yeah, let's check in with their meteorologist, Jamie King, who is now goes by the name JK. I guess that they had did some research. They did like a, what do you call it? Focus a, a group. focus group and said, we're going to abbreviate it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds more friendly. Welcome to Fox 35. I'm Jamie King. It's a frost alert. It's frost alert. The Doppler radar is frozen. Maybe if I hit the screen on the computer. That's not working. There's ice everywhere. We're going to die. Make sure to go in your closet and get your ski parka. Hell, make sure you get two ski parkas. It's almost 40 degrees. And now the Fox 35 microphones go down in the streets in Orlando to see what panic is happening. We came down from Fargo, North Dakota, don't you know? And we expected to wear shorts and T-shirts. And wouldn't you know it, I'm wearing shorts and t-shirts. In fact, I'm a little warm, you betcha. Yeah, I done came out to water the plants and they was all frozen. My nipples froze off. I had to go right to the hospital for frostbite. Still a little sensitive. Get your snow shovels ready. As a matter of fact, in a few minutes, we're giving away Fox 35 snow shovels with my face on it, JK. And tonight, tonight, it's going to be even colder. The frosty, icy tundra of Orlando. We're all going to die. It's a weather impact day. Now here's Doppler traffic with Screech. We oh, love you, by Jamie. the way, I really enjoy your weather reports. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, speaking of the weather and feeling like Christmas, uh, the National Christmas Tree took a tumble yesterday, according to the National Park Service. Yeah, right in front of the White House. Yeah, what happened? Um, Somebody come push it? Apparently, a gust of wind, you know, they're having a little uh, blizzard action. A gust of wind came by and knocked the thing over. Hi, this is President uh, Joe, Joe uh, Biden. Joe Biden. Yeah. And I'd like to tell you that portions of the Rick Stacy Stacy show brought to you by mm. Joe Biden's Christmas trees. Get them at the White House. That's right. So you wouldn't think somebody that's in charge of putting up the Christmas tree at the White House would have some kind of, I don't know, anchor for the tree and go, you know what? We're supposed to get some touch and go weather here in the next couple of days. Well, you know, a cat climbed it, it tipped over, it happens to all of us. 40-foot tree, toppled over. All Water right. spilled all over the carpet, it smells like pine sap. Elon <laughs> Musk went to Israel, and he was hanging out with Netanyahu, but he was also invited to Gaza by Hamas. He said no, no, but he uh, did go to Israel and he toured the site, uh, unfortunately, the site where October 7th started, and that's where they were having that music festival and people there gunned down. Isn't he letting uh, Israel use his Starlink internet satellites or something? Because uh, internet's down most places, but the thing that uh, was really striking to him was, well, let him tell you. It was uh, certainly been um, a day, I would say an emotionally difficult day. Uh, to see the places where people were murdered um, and to also watch the video uh, where uh, the murderers are rejoicing Exactly, uh, that's in the, the worst part in the movie. Yes. I was shocked by it. Um, celebrating the Celebrating bodies. the murder of yeah. innocent people is um, 
extremely disturbing. Now, before uh, Musk went out with Netanyahu to look at that area, he also watched the 47-minute film uh, produced by, I think it was Gal Gadot in Hollywood. I'm not sure if it was her or her team. I think she had something to do with it, though. Yeah, it was her team uh, of the actual attack. It was actual footage from the attack. Some of it you can see online. I really don't want to see it, but uh, he saw that, so that made all of it even more troubling for him. Essentially, these, these, these people have been fed propaganda since they were children. Exactly. Um, and it's remarkable what humans are capable of if they're fed falsehoods from when they are children. They will think that the murder of innocent people is a good thing. That is how much propaganda can affect people's minds. And that's something we should take note here because that's where we're being fed every single day, propaganda. Major networks don't tell you the truth. Local networks don't, local TV stations don't even tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. They do it mostly by omission. They kind of leave the stories out. Or they just won't do it yeah, altogether. Yeah, which is insane, but that's what's going on. And I can't help but feel that we've lost touch with what the rest of the world is like. I mean, we really think there's people in this country, especially people, you know, in the younger ages, think that this is normal. I keep mm-hmm. saying that because it isn't. It isn't normal. We don't lead a normal life here if you compare it, if you use the standard of the rest of the world. Yeah. You know, maybe the UK a little bit, but even there, it's a little askew compared to us. This is not the way people think and live in most places. It's pretty scary what they do live and think like because it's uh, it's quite different from us. For instance, Hamas, they don't value life at all. And they use it against us. How many times have we seen the movie, you know, the superhero movie, where in the end, or, you know, even Star Wars, you know. Spider-Man, all of them. Where they say, your biggest weakness is the love of your family. What was it? uh, I think it was Flash Gordon, where it's a different species of... Of uh, it's they're not humans, but they're dealing with humans, and they're like, "That's the problem with you humans. You care too much." Exactly, and they know that. That's what's so it to watch. I'm telling you, this pause in the fighting. I mean, everybody's enamored with the civilians being uh, the hostages being let go, and you know, there's a lot of cho- funny. Yesterday was mostly children, but they're doing this. I, it sounds cruel to say this, but they're doing this to play on our emotions because they know what our reaction will be, which it is. And, but, we, we fall for it every time. Yeah, let's get more hostages back. Let's have more of a ceasefire. You know what they're doing right now? It they're wasn't planning- even an even trade. Was it really six people for 39 Yeah, or what was like that? that about? For 39 criminals, and some of them su- suicide bombers. But we just don't get it. And, you know, the, the world is a cruel, cold place. It really is. So, now, all this is just, if you start looking at the news today, it's pretty grim. And this guy, Victor Hansen from the Hoover Institute, um, sums it up in something I've been feeling for a while. This is just the beginning. I, I think there's, I hate to say this because it's Christmas, and but again, they're counting on all of this that I'm telling you. This is what the bad people are doing. They know the season. They know how we think. The Chinese know what we think. Mm-hmm. Every one of us individually. That's why, there's, that's why there's TikToks and stuff like that. But Victor Hansen sums it up. I think something bad's about to happen. I get this feeling. I, I don't know if it's hyperdramatic or what, but you almost get the feeling you're living in maybe 1933 or 1934 in Germany when you're starting to see something transpire that's growing every day. When you look at the United Nations, you see that Iran is, is the head of the Human Rights Forum and that the Secretary General, as soon as he heard about October 7th, he said that you can't understand the murdering without listening to the, uh, evaluating the context. And you look at what Europeans are saying, you look at what's happening at our universities. Think about that. 
You can't think about the murders until you see the context. In other words, the murder could be okay. We just have to understand their frame of mind. You know, but I mean, seriously, you got to remember, China is cozying up with Iran. Iran takes the money we send them that we just can't seem to stop sending them Mm -hmm. to use to train terrorists to attack not only Israeli civilians, but soon American civilians. We don't know what's come across the border. We have no idea. Mm -hmm. So there you go. And now in lighter news, Democrat governor... I repeat, underline, Democrat governor up north in Massachusetts, Massachusetts? No, Connecticut. Same difference. Ned Lamont is withdrawing his plan to mandate future electric vehicle purchases after the proposed date of 2035. I'll ride a bike. He says it's not going to happen. It's an overly aggressive target, and the more we learn about EVs, the more it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Really? We've been saying that. For what, two years now? Again, I'll say it again, and you can look it up. You can go. Actually, there's a guy on PBS that did a little. This was last summer. He did a whole lecture on electric vehicles, and the most sensible electric vehicle right now are the hybrids. They make the most sense for what what how we live and how cities are built. You know that 15 minute city thing. That's not going to happen. So we're going to be like we are right now. We have to drive places. The one that makes the most sense for that is. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's like the Prius. Mm-hmm. You know, could use a car with a little more of an engine, you know, the little hamster with the rubber bands. Not, mm-hmm. But hamster. yeah, those are the most efficient and make the most sense for our situation right now. Yeah. To go straight to electric, not only that, not only will it be, it's it's not sustainable. <laughs> I mean, you know the stories I've told you a million times oh, about. Yeah. Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary, here a little story with a car, the F-150 Lightning. She was going to drive across the country. I think she made it an hour. Yeah. And then she had to send her forward people up to a charging station. In a gas car. In a gas car. Booted a family with a baby in the back seat whose battery was dying off the line so she can get her stupid pickup truck in there to charge. And didn't yeah. you say once you were at a Wawa with your truck and there was a guy next to you in a Tesla and you were admiring how beautiful the Tesla was and he was just... He was circling my truck and I thought he was going to insult me or say something like, you fossil fuel. Right. Oh, he was jealous. He was... Uh, he goes, this is really nice truck. He goes... Ah. He goes, I got to deal with this thing. And she's pointing at this most, I mean, the Teslas are beautiful. They make, I think they are. Oh, they look really cool. But at the same time, when you break down the fact that like, you got to sit somewhere for a half an hour. Wasn't he doing that? He was waiting. Yeah, he was waiting. He goes, you know what I have? Because I asked him, I said, why would, what's wrong with the car? He goes, right now I'm on my second date with this beautiful woman. She's down at Universal waiting for me and I can't get there. He goes, I have to sit here for at least a half hour so I can make it down to Universal. And even then, what am I going to do when I get there? He was furious. So, yeah, th- but they're, I mean, they had the, what, the uh, automatic shutoff switch that's going to be in all cars after 2025. Also, the speeding where you can't speed. That's going to come in 2026, but you know where that's coming from? Over Thanksgiving, we had that whole Rainbow Bridge thing up in Niagara Falls. You see that? This, this Bentley, like, oh. huge Bentley, quarter million dollar car. It goes like zero to 60 in four seconds, launches itself into a toll like a Toll thing booth. there for the bridge. Yeah, they were going from like New York to Ontario or something. Like a missile. For a com- concert. And they go just colliding into the toll booth. It's a complete destruction. And that's where they're like, see, stuff like this. We got to limit your speed. We want to be able to keep track of where and when you go places. Yeah. So my original point, too, was that uh, because I repeat it over and over again, so you'll hear it. And actually, the guy at PBS who has a special on it was an hour special where he talked about the hybrids compared to the electric vehicles. 
he said it, and it's true because I looked it up. You have more of a carbon footprint during the manufacturing of, a, of an electric vehicle uh-huh. than you do of a fossil fuel car driving 170,000 miles. Yeah. Right, shit. So when you get the car in the dealership and the dealer, the, you, the car salesman's going, well, you know, it's environmentally friendly. You never have to worry about this and you're not polluting the environment. And here's your coexist bumper sticker and your nine points and APR. Um, really, you've already... You already harmed the environment. Oh, but Rick, that's what happened before the car got to me, so it's none of my concern. Well, see, that's the thing. They're taking advantage of people that, like, really want to do good for the planet. I think I'm doing a good thing, but if you don't understand the entire process, you don't realize you're doing more harm than good, and somebody's just taking advantage of that to make money off of you. And that's just the car. Let's not talk about the mining of the- uh, I was just about to say, let's not talk about who they send down there to get the materials to make the battery. Yeah, yep. and of course, you know, the whole John Kerry, Heinz family, Joe Biden investment in that giant Shanghai company that happens to own the most rich deposit of cobalt in the world. Yeah, this story thick, like a good mm. gravy at mm. Thanksgiving. All right, let's talk about Big Egg, shall we? Big Egg? Big Egg. We got big oil, we got big power, we got okay. Big Egg. This, big this kind of stuff probably happens in more industries than we realize, too. An Illinois jury ruled this week that several major egg producers conspired to limit the U.S.'s supply of eggs in order to raise prices in a case stemming from a federal lawsuit originally filed 12 years ago. But you remember recently when they went through the roof? We all thought it was inflation. Several large food manufacturing companies, including Kraft Foods Global, the Kellogg Company, and many others alleged in a lawsuit originally filed in 2011 that producers used various means to limit the U.S. domestic supply of eggs to increase the prices of eggs and egg products during the 2000s. The time frame of the conspiracy was an issue throughout the case, but uh, they're found liable, and now they have to put. What's the amount? They don't put it down here. Uh, no, I don't know that we have an amount yet because I think they're still doing litigating the, that. Okay. Yeah. A jury has found that America's largest egg producers illegally rigged the market to drive up the price of eggs. <laughs> One of the ways they did this rigging was by exporting millions of eggs overseas to drive up U.S. prices around Thanksgiving and Easter when wow. people buy a lot of eggs. I'll just do without the eggs. I'll be like, guess what we're coloring this year? Chestnuts. Lemons. <laughs> Make lemonade? No. First you roll out a multimedia campaign to convince people lemons are incredibly scarce, which only works if you stockpile lemons, control the supply, then a, a media blitz. Lemons are the only way to say I love you, the must-have accessory for engagements or anniversaries. Roses are out. Lemons are in. Billboards that say she won't have sex with you unless you've got lemons. You cut the beers in on it. Limited edition lemon bracelets, yellow diamonds called lemon drops. You get Apple to call their new operating system OS Lemon. Little accent over the O. You charge 40% more for organic lemons, 50% more for conflict-free lemons. You pack the capital with lemon lobbyists. You get a Kardashian to suck a lemon wedge in a leaked sex tape. Mithy Chalamet wears lemon shoes at Cannes. The hashtag campaign. Something isn't cool or tight or awesome. No, it's lemon. Did you see that movie? Did you go to that concert? It was effing lemon. Billie Eilish. OMG. Hashtag. Lemon. You get Dr. Oz to recommend four lemons a day and a lemon suppository supplement to get rid of toxins because there is nothing scarier than toxins. Then you patent the seeds. You write a line of genetic code that makes lemons look just a little more like t- And you get a gene patent for the t- lemon DNA sequence. You cross-pollinate. You get those seeds circulating in the wild. And then you sue the farmers for copyright infringement when that genetic code shows up on their land. Sit back, rake in the millions, and then when you're done and you've sold your empire for a few billion dollars then and only then, you make some f***ing lemonade. That's kind of how that works. I'm 100 years old. 
Oh, my God. But, yeah, you hoard the thing, you stockpile it, and then as soon as ever the demand goes up, then you sell them for twice as much. All right, this uh, this guy. We, we talked about this yesterday, but we didn't have the audio. Um, I, I'll tell you up front, the guy's an influencer. He's got a bunch of videos out, so he's not innocent either. But uh, he went on a first date with some woman. I wouldn't be surprised this was rigged. But I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. I don't think it's rigged. I, I don't think, think it really rigged. happened, but I think he's being way more dramatic right. than he needs to be. He goes on this first date. He gets to the first date. Um, this thing got 20 million views. It's insane. Uh, his name is Zakir Zadik. And he went on this date, and he describes what happened next when he met the woman. She wasn't the only one there. Just went on a first date, and honestly, I am f- traumatized. Who's sitting at our table? And there's a table of four here. And she's like, oh, this is my mom and my dad. Whoa. And I'm like, hello. How are you doing? I was not prepared for this moment in life. All right, so there's a little <laughs> acting, but it gets worse. Listen to this. So I see that you're interested in my daughter. <laughs> what do you do for work? And right as I'm about to say my profession, he goes, are you a doctor? I said, no. He said, are you a lawyer? <laughs> I said, no. He said, can you call your parents to come join us? I said, what? <laughs> so then he said, okay, our time here is done. Priyanka, <laughs> let's go. And Priyanka gets up. Her mom gets up. The dad gets up. And they all walk are walking out of the restaurant. I was like, wow, what just happened? So, uh, and Now yeah. imagine wow. being Priyanka. Imagine living that. Yeah. That's oh. her parents. It reminds me of the scene, you ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, mm-hmm. the first one, where she's watching TV with her parents and her dad's on one side of her and her mom's on the other side of her and they're all touching shoulders and sipping tea and that's how they watch television. Yep. Did they do more of those? They did three. Yep. They did three of those movies? Yeah. Was it three or four? There was a bunch of Their them. Their third one just came out. Ugh. I know because I watched it. My <laughs> Over big fat Greek divorce? You watched Why it? You- I did. I love the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And in the third one, they actually go to Greece. And I've always wanted to go to Greece, so I watched it for the scenery. But it was actually pretty funny. Did they get divorced in the second one? No. Was Ray Barone there when they got there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Amazon.com has grabbed the crown of the biggest, the biggest delivery business in the U.S., surpassing both UPS and FedEx. Uh-huh. Oh, I no. believe it. Ask the, me where I got all my Christmas presents pretty much from. The Seattle e-commerce giant delivered more packages to U.S. homes in 2022 than UPS after eclipsing FedEx in 2020 and is now on track to widen the gap this year, according to the internal Amazon data and people familiar with that matter. The U.S. Postal Service is still the biggest parcel delivery service by volume. It handles hundreds of millions of packages for all three companies. Stop sticking cat food in a box that doesn't fit in my mailbox. It's all robots. Did you see that whole thing they did? No, that wasn't a robot. No, this is people, because I have people that deliver mine, too. No, I mean, yeah, you got the people. Yesterday, I had mail that was crushed into a ball uh-huh. because they decided to put the mail in there. And I can't walk up the driveway to deliver the box of cat food. So I'll just shove it in your mailbox. Wow. Use all the force I can so I can break the mailbox. So Why don't they just leave room. it in front of the mailbox? At least they stopped and got out and just throw it out the window as they drove past. I understand they're not allowed to do that. So You can't put it next to the mailbox? See, I'd be a lazy mail person. I would take the car and drive up the driveway. 
why can't I have no problem with that? They have in the past, but they switched to a new driver. Oh, and they won't come up the driveway. No, she why? won't come up the driveway. She won't even. She just shoves it in the mailbox and crushes all my other mail. I told you that argument I had with that one where she like wouldn't deliver my mail because somebody was parked in the street, and I was like, "Get out and walk up to the mailbox." She's like, "We don't. We don't have to get out of the car. Oh, no. it's dangerous." I had, like, remember the one in Debarry. That wouldn't deliver the mail one day because a twig, a little branch was sticking out of one of the new trees too far out for her to make the turn into the mailbox. That sounds like government agency to me. Mm. <laughs> Going to get some hate mail. You know that. Sorry. I'll make for a good show tomorrow. <laughs> anyway. Oh, this is my favorite song. Is it? For the holidays, Yeah. Here comes Amazon, here comes Amazon, <laughs> comes here every day. Stopping, knocking, throwing boxes into my driveway. Doorbells ringing, cause he's bringing stuff that's not even mine. Packages for my neighbors, cause Amazon's got the wrong guy. Here comes Amazon, here comes Amazon, everyone complains. Blue trucks blocking up the driveway, every street and lane. Nobody goes to the mall, we're all shopping online. Buy your stuff, hope it shows up, coming from Amazon Prime. The Sunny Update, the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So, it's the debate that a lot of people like to have around Christmas when it comes to Christmas movies. There's no debate. I don't think there is either. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cut and clear, but some people want to, you know, be ornery and argue. it's not the Hallmark movie? I guess not. Die Hard, is it a Christmas movie or not? I say yes. Of course it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it starts but- with a Christmas party. Didn't that get decided, like, a couple years ago? Because no, I feel no. like this is a thing every year that you yeah. know, they have the uh, the argument, is it a Christmas movie or not? Mr. Mr. Guest. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. No, I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, mm-hmm. Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. <laughs> Love that movie. He's great movie. So I know that Hans Gruber, yeah, yeah, he like that was a big movie for him. But for some reason, ever since he's been in Harry Potter, I only think of Professor Snape. Even when I go back and watch Die yeah, Hard now, that's why I stopped watching those Alan Harry Rickman's Potter movies. A, he was a brilliant actor. I yep. loved him. I was sad when he died. AMC Theaters has announced that they are going to return Die Hard to the theaters December eighth. So if you want to watch it on the big screen cool. in a movie theater. You absolutely can. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Speaking of Christmas movies, what do you think is America's favorite holiday film to rewatch every year? They did a poll. I don't know who was in this poll, but uh, I'll read them off to you. Just give me some guesses. I'll tell you where you're uh, where Let's you see. Uh, Miracle, White Christmas. Miracle on what? White Christmas. Bing Crosby. Danny Kay. That's mm-hmm. not a movie. Is it? Yeah, it is. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Got to be number one. Nope. Really? How could that not be? It's not. Red Rider BB Gun one? That is a Christmas story. Uh, that's number Christmas two. Story, yeah, that's number good. two. Wait, so number one is not Miracle on 34th Street? Nope. Oh, don't ruin it for me. What movies? Uh, is it Elf? Elf's number five. Okay. Christmas Vacation is my favorite. It's number six. Oh, yeah, I love that. What's quick at number one? <laughs> um, What's the other longtime black and white Christmas movie? It's um, nothing old. It's, I mean, it's old, but it's not black and white old. Uh, 
Um, it's Mary Poppins. I'll give you a hint. There's a second one where he gets lost in New York. Home Alone. Oh, number one. That's the nice. number one Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the movie, but uh, can I be honest with you? We've already watched it like three times since. Seriously. The, end of the past. My son loves the Home Alone movies. Really? I like. I like the second one where he gets lost in New York more. I Donald like Trump almost, is in that movie. Do you get nervous when you come home that a paint can's not going to hit you in the forehead? No, but it's a great movie. <laughs> Joe Pesci, I mean, he's so good in it. It's such an awesome movie. No, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just surprised that's the number one movie for holidays. And there's an argument about Die Hard. I know, You got a bratty kid that's trying to kill two people. Buzz, your girlfriend. What? You know, fun fact, the the girlfriend was actually the director's son dressed as a girl. As a girl. (laughs) I love that. Wow. Um, And, you know, you were mentioning earlier when we were talking about Die Hard. Why? Because it's not a Hallmark movie. And, you know, Lifetime has, we can't forget about Lifetime. Lifetime has a whole slew of holiday (laughs) movies, too, which are really good. And get ready. You ready for this? They're getting a little scandalous. Oh, no. Because for the first time, a Lifetime holiday movie is going to have, are you ready? Get your dun-dun-dun ready. Okay. What is it going to have? A sex scene. Oh, my God. She's showing her ankles. (laughs) Guess what it's called. What, the scene or the movie? The movie. Uh, 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 uh wait, wait. Um, when the trees are rocking, don't come a flop. No, Mary does mistletoe. <laughs> it's not X rated, it's still Lifetime. Um, the Raunchy Reef. No. Oh, uh, let me see a, uh, what is it? It's called A Cowboy Christmas Romance. Oh. And if you've watched any of these movies, you know who Jana Kramer is. She's in every single Lifetime and Hallmark holiday movie. You'd recognize her face if you saw her. She's, of course, in this one, too. Is she the one doing the sex? Yes, she's doing doing the sex, yes. Well, Are you going to do the sex? Yes, we're going to do the sex. Is that what holiday you say to Angie? Hookers. Oh, no, sorry. Angie, you got home later. We're still going to do the sex. <laughs> Where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? Bend over and I'll show you. I still think that's the best one. It's my it favorite. And did you see this maid in Spain? Um, she was caught stealing from a hotel guest. Whenever I go to hotels, this happened to me on the cruise ship too. I always feel like I need to put everything in the safe or just keep it on me, anything that I don't want taken. Um, because I'm, I just, not that I think all help is going to steal. I'm going to get an email that says, you know, that feel is a good living and you're stereotyping and you think they're going to steal stuff. I'm just watching this lady right now on this video. It's from the New York Post. And she is going through people's bags. And she's stuffing stuff in her bra. They have a safe in each room for I know. a reason. Well, that's what I. I also read something about that. That there's a secret code you could put in, and it opens everybody's yeah, safe. There is. No. I'll show you later. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because we always put our stuff in there too. We usually because my husband always has his firearm. Right. So he usually puts the gun in the safe as soon as we get to the hotel room. Um, but yeah, so. Interesting. But yeah, she shoved everything in her bra. She already had big boobs, so I don't think you really would notice if she uh, walked out. So like if I did it, you'd be like, something's, something is awry with Jill because her yeah. chest is huge. It looks like a wallet. Just yeah. like every woman, I'm looking for a bra that's comfortable, sexy, and can fit a bunch of stolen stuff in it. That's why there's the new Maiden Fraud Bra, the bra used by hotel maids to steal guest belongings. The Maiden Fraud is great. It shoplifts and separates. Yesterday, <laughs> I went to the grocery store and everybody was looking, except for security. I managed to get three guys' phone numbers and $400 worth the fresh produce and toiletries all stuffed in my bra. Thanks, Maiden Fraud. You're welcome. 
So try the bra that will have you looking like a maid who stole from somebody who was staying at a hotel. Maiden Fraud Bras, in stores now. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> you know, it's just easier to call you stupid. Now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestag. All right, uh, there's a new trend at work. Oh, no. Poll of 2,000 adults found that 22% have drifted off while at work. Asleep? Yep. And the second part of this uh, <clears throat> survey is where are they sleeping? Usually in the chaise lounge in the corner of the studio? And at their desk? Mm, oh. Some Under of them sleep desk. at their desk, but the majority a majority of them, 45%, sleep on the toilet. At the on work, the toilet? At That's the workplace. Just it's like the last place I would want to sleep, but laziness. I've been there. Yeah, they nod off on the toilet. Generally, citing an overindulgence in food is one of the reasons. Second reason is uh, working too hard. Yeah, I'm sure that's it. What? It's like when Costanza would always fall asleep under his desk at work when he right. worked for the Yankees. Yeah, he yeah. had him build like a bed and a little <laughs> alarm clock stand right. down there. All right, another dumb criminal man here in Florida is just, you know, it's... Uh, we get this reputation, and you know what? We're working on it. We're working on it. This guy here in Florida denied ownership of a plastic cylinder full of meth. The <gasps> cops found it tucked in between his man parts. Under oh. His, under his, his boys? So this is what he told the cops. Khalib Phillips, 46. You think he's old enough. You think he would, you know, come up with something better than this. It was taped between one thing and the other. You know what I'm saying? Oh. 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 What do you call that? Is that that's Taint. Taint. Is that a name for it? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, or uh, what are the, uh, what's the other one? I forget. I don't know. Go between? <laughs> oh, go no, between. the, the uh, uh, can I say that? Can you, the S word? Yeah, don't try it. I don't, no, I, yeah, I, never, let's did, not experiment You know now. the area. I don't want to get fired right before Christmas. I got a lot of debt racking up. <laughs> <laughs> so Phillips was eventually charged with possession of narcotics, but he claimed that it wasn't him. It wasn't his tube of meth. Oh, yeah, it never is. He claims that while he was asleep, somebody taped it. To that area. See, that's that happens what I all do. the time to me. I don't know. Yeah, you go buy your drugs and you think, well, I'm going to go ahead and strap them to a stranger right in the most delicate parts. There you go. Yeah, so. Even though it could just kill you, taking selfies just fulfills you so you can post it on the Instagram. That's right. All right, the, take, the taking of selfies is now considered legitimately dangerous. A review by the University of South Wales concluded that taking selfies could actually pose a public health hazard. Let me take a selfie. That's right. Data collected from multiple peer review studies in both the U.S. and Australia since 2011. The review was published in the Journal of Medical Internet Research in September. Selfie-related deaths at aquatic locations stood out as the most concerning incidents, including photo-taking at scenic and photogenic areas, such as cliffs and climbing over safety bars to get the perfect picture. Why oh, are you yeah, doing dude, that? Wasn't there somebody that fell into the Grand Canyon because they were trying to get a selfie too close? That's right. And they wanted to put up a railing around one of our most beautiful national monuments because people are too stupid to stay away from the cliff edge. Wow. According to the study, the average age and gender of people that fall off stuff and kill themselves while taking selfies are, you want to take a guess? Girls? Millennials. 22-year-old girl, mm. girls. I believe it. You know, it sounds callous to say, but if you're dumb enough to dangle precariously from a perch for a photo, 
I'm sorry. Remember that one couple that wanted to get a lot of clicks that he proposed to her? Of course, she knew about it. They proposed on a cliff, oh, and a really? cliff broke off, and they both went plunging 2,000 no! feet. No! Yep. That's a horrible story. There, Why would you tell there, me that? There was another one where the uh, the groom got on his knee and also slipped off, and bye-bye. No. Yeah. Natural selection. But the same thing with the gender reveal. Remember the guy who shot, he had the uh, gender reveal rocket pointed in the wrong direction on his crotch? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's not going to be having any family? A couple that started an entire forest fire because they wanted to tell people what sex their baby was as if anyone cared? Yep. That was a, a Dodge Challenger. He filled the uh, tire with uh, blue compressed smoke of some sort. Yeah. And to make to reveal it, you have to burn the tire. So he started doing... You know the burnout, yeah. yeah. Burnout, and that lit some dry grass on fire. Twenty-seven thousand acres later. <laughs> Finally, customers filed a lawsuit against the fast casual chain Chopped over a not the TV show oh. over a salad that she says contained a piece. Go ahead. Of the manager's finger. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, God. Happened in New York on April 7, twenty twenty-three. <laughs> She realized while eating it that uh, she was chewing on something that just didn't quite oh, feel right. Oh, ew. According to the suit, the manager at the restaurant accidentally severed a piece of his left finger uh, during a salad, putting together a salad. The manager went to the hospital, but the contaminated salad was served to a customer. That, that yeah, that makes sense. Westchester, Westchester County Health Department records show that Chopped was fined $900 for that. Should have been a lot more. She's suffering, she claims, from all kinds of things. Shock, panic attacks, migraines, cognitive impairment, Stomach nausea, ache. dizziness, and neck and shoulder pain. And I'm sure she's lost the capacity to enjoy salad. Exactly. I mean, would you not sue if you ate a finger? I would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and but... ate his liver with some fava beans. A nice candy. <laughs> Hungry? Then come on down to Fingerfest at Red Finger, where we're serving up all of your favorite severed finger-based dishes. Hey, everybody, who's hungry for severed fingers? I am. Red Finger it is. You'll love our endless soup, salad, and severed fingers. And our entrees are finger-licking good and finger-eating good. Mmm, my finger fettuccine is delicious. And my finger lasagna is amazing. Just layer after layer of severed fingers. More finger fingers with finger fries, please. <laughs> we all love eating fingers. It's Finger Fest at <laughs> Red Finger. See you soon. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. It still baffles me that they've become so popular. Streaming right now on 1059sunnyfm.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. 
There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.